Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Need more energy throughout the day? Looking for a kick to your workout? RockinThatIDLife.com has you covered with delicious flavors you've grown to love in tropical fruit and mixed berry, but now fall in love with the new fruit punch and orange flavors. Try them all at RockinThatIDLife.com. Realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage LLC makes the moving process easier. Work with a realtor who plays and studies the game and will work as hard as the boys on the ice to get you the best deal. Check out Mike on the web at strikewithmike.com and jumpstart your move today. That's strikewithmike.com. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a doink, bro. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogil Corp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Hey, Blues fans. I like to consider myself a friend of the show. This is TSN analyst and former Blues netminder Jamie McLennan. And here's Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. Welcome to episode number 33 of season 11. This is episode number 400 and I believe it's nine all time of the often imitated, never duplicated. We need that killer instinct, you know, to take the knife and jam it through their eye into their brain and kill them. With the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Special thanks to our sponsors, rockin'thatidlife.com, strikewithmike.com, and centericeisbrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Please check them out. Also, please don't uh, forget to check out the t-shirt shop at letsgoblues.com for the very best in St. Louis Blues themed t-shirts at a fair price. It is uh, Wednesday, April 19th. We are streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. To interact with the show on social media, our handle on the socials is at LGB Radio, uh, I'm Kurt Price. My co-host for the big show tonight are Bill Day and Jeff Ponder and featuring, featuring, you know how in, uh, in movies and stuff they have the long list of of, uh, of actors and then at the end it's like featuring. Or it just says and and then it's like the biggest actor. in Right, the biggest one, right? Make a cameo <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah, producer Austin lurking in the weeds. Uh, the agenda for tonight includes a discussion of boot, uh, the blues season wrap-up. Uh, we'll talk a lot about that. Uh, Armstrong made some interesting comments about the team. Uh, Ruby did too. Uh, so uh, we'll look uh, at a few of the current playoff matchups and some of the happenings there. Stars and Wild go to two OTs. Uh, the Maple Leafs implode versus the Lightning. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> that, that I did not see that coming. <laughs> That's sarcasm. No, not at all. <laughs> more sarcasm. Uh, all that more. I'm not sarcastic. Episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. What's up, boys? Um, watching some playoff hockey that does not involve St. Louis for the first time in a while. Yeah, uh, actually, it's uh, well, it's funny, you know, because for those watching, you can see and, and I'm sure you can hear it, too. If you're listening to the podcast, my beard is gone. And <laughs> this is the earliest I have shaved my beard in a long time. Uh, even so, I don't remember why, but 
uh, the year the Blues missed the playoffs in the final game of the year, uh, 2018, I believe, against Colorado. Um, even then, I just I kept it going. I was like, eh, why not? It's still playoff hockey. Like, I'll keep it going at least through the first two rounds. But this year, I was like, season's over. See a beard. I I haven't had I haven't had an April where I didn't have a beard in probably since I could grow one. So, really? yeah, it's starting it's, to get warm in April. Feels I weird. A lot of people do uh, shave their winter beards for for the summer. Uh, I do when the blues season ends. And lately, they've been going till at least the very end of April or early May. So it's weird to uh, to, to have a clean... My birthday's in a couple days. It's going to be weird. I think this is my first birthday since like 17 that I didn't have facial hair. <laughs> Whereas I'm just too lazy to shave my shitty beard. There you go. Like, I, I just... I don't want to add that back into my daily routine or every other daily routine. So, well, uh, <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not really into uh, growing the facial hair because I guess I really can't too well. Uh, I can let it go for a while. It comes in patchy. I'm like, screw this. It looks bad. So it's, uh, yeah, I can, I can, uh, yeah, yeah. podcast wise and the video here, you probably can't even tell. I could probably not go a few days without shaving. You wouldn't be able to tell. Um, I literally, I mean, I made the joke. Uh, my hockey team was giving me trouble on Sunday. They're like, you know, you would have played, made that play if you would have had the beard, that kind of thing. And and I kept telling them, like, well, I'll just skip my uh, 7 p.m. shave, and by 9 o'clock, it'll be back. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Bill, you made the comment daily every other day. Honestly, I should shave daily. It does grow back that quickly. But like you, I'm just like, I'm not doing this every fucking day. I'll let it go like a week. <laughs> And it'll get pretty scraggly, but I'm just like, I don't care. I'm used to having a beard. I can deal with scraggle. Yeah, I I, I can take 30 seconds to trim it up, but I can't take five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is. 10 minutes. You know, to go complete shit. <laughs> I can you shave my whole face and it takes me like two minutes. <laughs> right, like 30 seconds. You, you can shave your face with tweezers. Well, <laughs> um, I don't. I don't even use a razor. I just it's a electric razor. I just, just, just yeah. That's all it takes. I don't even know mine will work now. It's been turned off so long and not powered. I have to get a new one. It's how I stay looking young. <laughs> Radko, yeah. Ken Morris says Jeff no longer looks like Radko Gudis's twin brother. Yeah, um, I always was told uh, Magnus pay RV uh, when I have a clean face. So. Yeah. Well, I guess we're back to Magnus Pay RV and no longer the badass Red Kogudis. Yeah, you, gotta fi- you gotta fix the hair though, because I just scored six goals against Minnesota in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> now Minnesota's scoring six goals against Dallas. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, so uh, official beers, episode number four hundred nine. You can follow each of us on the Untapped app. My handle is C Price Twelve. Jeff says J Ponder ninety four. Bills as Billy Blue Note thirty three. Uh, who wants to go first? It's off season. Yeah. We have no order. Go, go ahead, Bill. Go? Yeah, I'll go ahead and go first. Go so, go. Um, never had this on the show, and as I as I said in my uh, post on uh, uh, Untapped and Twitter, uh, this is my only Tampa Bay pick. I'm making this playoff season. <laughs> Um, Maduro Brown Ale from the fine folks at Cigar City Brewing in Tampa. So, um, first time I've had the Maduro, I'm not, not literally, first time I've bought a six pack, this is, you know, I'm halfway through it. 
really like it really good strong um you know brown ale offering uh lots of notes of coffee and chocolate and all the good stuff i like um but yeah they're um if you've never had cigar city brewing pick pick some up um the high life is a great summer beer very nice citrusy ipa is that themed after the sport it is because it's my it's florida right you know when i think highlight the only thing i like my my first thought New Zealand. is <laughs> eh, my first thought is the opening to miami vice oh, and okay, yeah, yeah. for for those of us of a certain age that got you know that watch miami vice there were the images in the open to that show last forever <laughs> Uh, I, I explained actually highlight to Amy the other day. She had never heard of the sport. And I said, "Yeah, it's she the works fastest. at elementary school, right? Uh, middle school, yeah, middle school, yeah. yeah. Don't they? They don't play, They don't do that in school. Highlight? I'm pretty sure we played highlight in all like elementary school. You played highlight in school? Where'd you go to like a up up to, well to do school? I know it was not day. very well to do. <laughs> Hi, you know what a highlight is, maybe, right? Yeah, I don't. Got the I'm... huge sickle-looking uh, trough things you whip the ball. Yeah, yeah, I thought, you know, maybe I'm just thinking of the not the big one. You're thinking ones. of the the kids the, the yard ball game. game. Yeah, the ball okay. game. yeah, we did that. And... No, okay, never mind. Yes, okay, but I did play highlight. It's yes, not unlike. It's not unlike the the whole the the the. the uh, equipment is yeah. not unlike high, the shape is kind of the same, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's got the fastest it moving ball in sports. A lot faster. I don't know how fast it is, but it's the fastest moving ball in sports. So hmm. it'll, it'll it'll kill you. <laughs> so, um, hey Bill, I'm gonna totally do this in the middle of the show. G- give your microphone a tap there. Just kind of tap on it. You are not coming out of your microphone. Yeah, it's wrong, Mike. Oh. I. I just Hold. noticed that as you were talking. Hold, please. Hold, please. <laughs> well, we, Kurt and I can talk. <laughs> you, you, you fix that. Go, um, give, your, give your beer, Jeff. Yeah, I'll go and do my beer. So uh, I'm doing one that if hopefully Bill can still hear me because I know he'll appreciate. We're doing a Light and Google oh. Summer Shandy. Um, I, as I told you guys, I went over and mowed my mom's lawn tonight. You guys laughed at that. Uh, I did, I did help myself to a summer shandy after because that is the best post mowing, uh, beer. You just, it was just so matter of fact the way you said it. Yep. Went over and mowed my mom's lawn. (laughs) It was just, how else am I supposed to say it? I don't know. Cut her grass. I guess <laughs> cutting the grass is uh is a uh, has a different meaning than mowing somebody's lawn. Right. I don't know. It's right. super it, childish. The the way <laughs> you said it was, so. you know, you could have said gave her the what for, right? It's, yeah, I could have. Well, yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> Here we go together. Uh, Bill, you want to give us give us another tap there? Tap tap taparoo. I haven't figured it out yet. Tap tap. Okay. It's, in the, it's in the sprocket. Settings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Uh, okay. Kurt, you want to go? It's going to be dance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine's, I'm just drinking straight Budweiser. However, it's in the commemorative can, the uh, Wainwright and Yachty can. The, uh, what is it, 32 ounce? This is a big beer. It's a, it's a big one. I got yeah. one over there. It's a big one. Yeah. Um, so I, and I, 
I've had a, how many of you out there have had a full can of beer or a full can of soda, like a commemorative one, uh, you put it on a shelf and the damn thing expands and, or it starts to leak or it like pops out in the bottom, you know, like it's all bloated. It's all like a protruding, like it's got a hernia coming out the bottom of it. Has <laughs> <laughs> ever happened to you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, so, you know, in Missouri, the passenger is allowed to drink in the car and I remember Which one time is ridiculous. I know crazy. I know, but that's a whole other conversation. And so my buddy was driving us downtown and I got a, a two by four as they call it or two, four, sorry. Two um, four beer. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was beer. Yeah. Oh, um, but you, I'm, yeah, that's not two by fours. Oh, so you got, I, th- I think I mean a little piece of wood. <laughs> no, I was I'm literally talking about drinking beer. Okay. Okay. Protruding oh, and two four. Yeah. And I had the bottom of the can split out. And like came out real bad. And I was like, oh, it'll be fine. I'll just, you know, I, it's in the car. It's fine. So, of course, you know, you don't think about it. You set it in the cup holder and it's basically like a freaking spinny top as it's sitting in the, because, you know, the, the, the bottom's protruding. So, beer, I'm not even paying attention. Beer is just going all over my buddy's car. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I'm the worst friend ever. I didn't even think about that. Wow. Well, <clears throat> I've got two of these. So, um, I figured I'd drink them before they start to explode or expand or whatever the hell. Good call. So I'm like, oh, I might as well drink them. And then, and then I'll put them on the shelf because I had a Pepsi can. I happened to be sitting in my office last year, had a blues commemorative Stanley Cup Pepsi can on a shelf across the room. And it was, uh, it was full. And I'm just sitting working at my desk. And all of a sudden I hear this. Oh, boy. And I'm like, what the hell is that? I'm like, I thought. I, I didn't know what it was. I'm like, what is that noise? I'm like, I'm looking around and I look over and I, I'm looking around the shelves. I can't find what it is. And I finally see it's the, oh my gosh, the Pepsi can is leaking. It was just shooting out a really small, fine stream. Uh, a hair, a, a, a such a small hole developed in the can and it was shooting outside of the can. I'm like, how is that, how is that possible? How does it even work? So weird. Uh, I guess Bill's still working on his audio. Uh, uh, he says he thinks he has it. Can he bring himself back in, or do we have to do it? Oh, sorry. There. Oh, <laughs> there wait. <it> <laughs> All right. One of you guys let me in. That's better. Wow, you sound amazing. There yeah, it's yeah, it's stupid. The volume got turned down on the microphone. That's all it was. <laughs> ah, you know, wonderful. Like we haven't done thirty-two other shows this year. <sighs> How about that? It, Ending the season in April. That's sad. Yes. Well, you, well, you're, you're, you sound much better. And you look great. That's great because I feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess um, in uh, this show, before we get started with our, uh, with our well, segments, right, uh, it would be remiss to uh, pass along a nice thank you to the sponsors of uh, our show this season. Um, Jeff, do you want to talk about rocking that idea life? Dustin? I do. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, I did get confirmation. He is back for the summer. So I think we're at, uh, Kurt, we're going to have to check this, but I think we're at two years with him as our sponsor now, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, clearly a big fan of the yeah. show. Our, our favorite listener, because he pays us. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I hope you that, that I hope, Matt? Just I hope, pay us. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope he's seeing uh, some rewards from that, too. I hope it's worth his while. No, yeah. no. I, I would imagine if he's sticking around, he clearly is. Um, and yeah, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's just a good, he's been a friend of mine. I mean, shit, I've 
played hockey with him in pretty much my entire adult life. He still plays in all the tournaments. Great dude. And something I love about him, and, and you'll probably see me drinking the uh, – the because the, what I do the summer shows, a lot of them aren't are, are all pre-recorded, so I'll do them in the morning, and I have to make sure I have my Rockin' That ID Life ready. So you will uh, witness me drinking those during the summer shows. Um but yeah, it, so one thing he brought up uh, when we were at the tournament, uh, you know, the one Austin that I won and you lost, um, you know, I won this guy right here. Uh, Dustin asked me, he's like, hey, have you tried the new lemon lime hydrate? And I just was like, dude, I, I only like lemon lime Gatorade. That's the only lemon lime flavored anything that I like. So no, I've not tried it and I'm not going to like child. it. And he's like, what do you mean I'm a child? I'm not going to try it because I'm not going to like it. <laughs> well, I just figured I'm like, I, like, why buy in a bag of something I know I'm not going to like? So he was like, "Well, I got a sample here if you want to try, try it. Jeff, it. You might like, like it. Yeah, sure. If yeah, if you have, if if you are doing me a free one, yes, I will try it. <laughs> so he did. It's fucking great. First thing I did next order I made was I made sure to include the lemon light lemon lime hydrate, and he did the same thing with the orange energy. I told him I would hate it. He gave me a sample. I loved it. Everything that, that he has told me to try has been great. And not only is it good tasting, it helps. Hydrate's great for those of you who work out, need a good, you know, kind of muscle relaxing thing afterward. It works the same as a Gatorade does, but it's better and it tastes better. And it's not, doesn't have any of the, sh not, it doesn't have the sugar that the Gatorade does. It, it's it's so good and it's fantastic. You can drink it before bed. Um, the energy that's what I drink every morning, and I'm not even kidding. I'm not just seeing that because Dustin's our sponsor. Um, yeah, we just appreciate having Dustin on for so long. And again, he's been a friend of mine for a long time. I think he's become a friend of your guys's now. And again, if you if you want to show love to our sponsors, they have been great. They've been able to provide. A lot of what happens in this show is because of our sponsors. So rockinthatidlife.com, Dustin Paul, uh, he is always willing to help out. You can email him if you have questions, rockinthatidlife at gmail.com. And uh, just, just an awesome dude and love having him as a sponsor. And just makes my day that a friend of mine is able to be a part of the show, even though he's not a host. Nice. Well done. Thank you. Um, and I do have one more announcement. Yes. We, uh, we, uh, real quick, uh, for those of you who are on Twitter, even if you're not, get on there, check out let LGB Radio. We have started our polls for the Blues all time team. We're starting at left defense. The poll went up today. You've got seven days to vote. And then, uh, then we're going to move on to the next position. So, yeah, get on there, vote LGB Radio on Twitter. Uh, we've got a link up on our Facebook page as well. If, if you're on Facebook and you want to find it there, um, make sure you get your votes in. And again, comment as well, because uh, the best comments get featured on the show. And I've got a bunch of prizes for this summer. So best comment featured on the show and you even win something. So make sure you get on there and, and tell us what you and think. And Jeff, what does it cost to, to enter that kind of um, hang on. Uh, wait, I crushed some numbers earlier. <laughs> hang on. Um, oh, I never finished. Okay, wait. Carry the. How one. many? Uh, uh, zero dollars. Oh, so it is. It is free. Okay. Nice. Yeah. How about that, that? What a deal! How what a bargain that about is. That. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Oh yeah. And am am I correct in my understanding that the grand prize is you're gonna mow whoever's lawn? 
<laughs> it's like, well, all right. If you, you know what? If you're in St. Louis, yeah, there you go. <laughs> One of you will win a free lawn mowing service by me. Honda will come over and mow your lawn. <laughs> I will. <laughs> that would be a hell of a prize. Like, oh man, this radio or this podcast host yeah. is coming over to mow my yeah, lawn. You show up shirtless. <laughs> or no, you show up. You yeah. Show up. yeah, there's you got the rule is if you, if I have to mow your lawn, I get to do it in short shorts with the pockets hanging out and no shirt. Or, or better yet, a black mesh skin tight shirt. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, now you're really gonna entice people to do this. <laughs> oh, um, I'm just looking at the uh, Dallas just scored two goals, went up four to one in Minnesota. Four, oh, Fourteen. Gustafson made a great save. That's Flurry. That last one. Flurry is playing tonight. Oh, is that Flurry? Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know why he's oh, playing. Uh, neither does he. I mean, <laughs> you win game one. Yeah, he played a lot, but come on, it's playoffs. I mean, they're gonna go with a. Every other night, kind of a thing situation, I guess. Maybe with Flurry and I didn't hear that. I don't know. I thought Gustafson started this game. No. Jeez. Flower power. Look today. at Minnesota overthinking their defense or their goaltending again. again. Jesus, it's a broken record. Now I haven't watched this game intently. I'm not sure how many of these goals are like, oh, Flurry should have had Minnesota it. Minnesota won, and they didn't start Gustafson. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. But <laughs> I mean, he did. I mean, it did go double overtime. He played 92 minutes. In the first game, but but you're what Dallas not playing Ottinger? No, that's well, not how it no, works. I'm playing yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? They're mowing your lawn. <laughs> All right. Uh, Blues news. Uh, McTavish and Van Ryn. Um, Everyone at Let's Go Blues Radio should pat yourselves on the back. We've only been calling for this all season long, and it finally happened. They have been fired. Let go. They are no longer with the organization. Uh, funny how firing a, a couple assistant coaches is a big deal, right? But it is. This, this was – it because you could literally point at where the problems were with this team, and it was defense and – special teams of a guy who was relieved re- relieved of those in November but still it it makes sense to it, it, we we pat ourselves in the back and say it was us but everybody fucking knew those guys had to Well go. I don't want to toot our own horn too much I, even though I do enjoy tooting my horn I, as a matter of fact toot. I'm going to toot after the show but <laughs> Uh, Can we get video of that? We were calling for this long before I heard anybody else saying anything about that. It was a, um, it was like fed up, done. This is this is writing on the wall. They got to go. The defense is the exact same as last year. They're not playing any better. Um, Go out, done. You know, we all season long. Uh, Austin, I won't ask you to look it up, but I want to say I was the first one. I was going to say yes, you were, and I think it was early November. It was early. It was really early when it it was was clear. Very early. It was clear this defense was had not improved at all from last season. Well, and and like I said, like I, it was hidden last year a lot because Huso was just a madman, and then Biddington in the playoffs was a madman, and it was just okay. Like this is the bad defense is getting hidden by not just good goaltending. 
groundbreaking goaltending. I mean, they were phenomenal last year. And then Bennington, I'm sorry, I know we've we've had this talk in exhaustion, but Bennington, to me, came back to being a slightly above-average goalie. I know people will say he was fucking awful. You're wrong. Oh, dead, um, wrong. dead wrong. To me, at the very least, a slightly above-average goalie, and this defense is just backdoor <laughs> chance, backdoor chance. Insane what we saw this year from that defense. You okay, Austin? You look, you look. <laughs> I'm doing great. Yeah, I thought he was I'm passed doing out. Great. I thought he was passed out. Austin, <laughs> Austin, get out of here and go to bed, man. What? No, I'm fine. <laughs> All right. See you later. It's only... <laughs> I thought he was passed out in the corner. He's like his head was up to the side of his shoulders. Like... <laughs> sorry, Austin. Don't put him in a spot like that. Not really. I'm not that I'm not sorry. <laughs> Um, Armstrong said, um, and I quote, I would say that the resume pool is going to be open for all applicants, uh, referring to the vacant assistant uh, jobs uh, from junior hockey to college hockey to the American League hockey uh, to NHL experience to no experience coaching. He said, I want to get working on my summer project so I can find the right guy that has the skill sets to deal with today's people, uh, end quote. And and his summer project is basically um, understand the kids. Uh, because we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, yeah, we don't we don't want to we don't want to mow Jeremy Rutherford, <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that is he said that's his number one project is basically getting to understand kids, and then he makes a comment about the assistants here. Does this not? And, and and again, I'm I'm just trying to read between the lines here with what Armstrong said. Does this not scream to you with the comments about wanting to understand the kids on the team? And then talking about how uh, here resume pool is going to be open from junior hockey to college hockey, the American Hockey League to NHL. To me, that screams he's looking for somebody young to come in, somebody with a different mindset than what we've seen from other NHL defensive coaches and get somebody fresh faced, brand new to work with these veterans and see if he can get more blood from the stone. That's exactly what I have my notes here. Sounds like he's possibly thinking of going with some younger assistant coaches, which, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. You know, the, the retreads, uh, well, Ben Ryan's not really a retread, but, uh, McTavish was a crash and burn, um, acquisition. Boy, that one was, that was bad. Whew, does yeah. that not turn out? To, and, and I know that there's no ranking of like worst hirings of assistant coaches, but, that's got to rank up there, right? That disaster. Almost instantly, you could tell that was not the right hire. Yeah. Yeah. And was it that surprising that um, Montgomery was going to get a job elsewhere that we didn't have ideas for who should come in? And it, it just kind of seemed like last minute, like, oh, Craig McTavish is available. Well, let's see what he can do. You know, he did his last player in the NHL that wear a helmet. Yeah, let's, let's bring him in. <laughs> he played here too, so that'd be a good uh, acquisition. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, didn't didn't work out too well at all. Uh, basically, lost his duties. Uh, November was it? And who knows what he was doing after that? <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 weird how that's not defined either. You know, in, in baseball, you know what assistant coaches do. In hockey, sometimes it's like not reported. We didn't know that McTavish had his duty to strip from him for a couple of weeks, you know, until after. And they're like, Oh, well they don't talk about that stuff. It's so weird that uh, that's, that's not covered. 
Um, the hard hitting blues reporting. Yeah. And, and Jared I, does a good job on the athletic, but you know, that's something where we would ever expect to get from Thomas. And that's where we learned it from. Right. It was like, a, well, a side comment in, uh, in right. one of his weekly posts. Right. It wasn't it even was brought so up weird. as a main, main story. I'm like, what? That's a big deal because the, the, the penalty kill was struggling so hard. Um, and it's like, I would just, you know, oh yeah, his duties were stripped a couple weeks ago. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I Thanks. covered it in the chat thing that I do that five people. Read. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, that Jim. was bad. That was like, oh, and when he was asked about it on Twitter, it was, well, that wasn't covered. Why didn't you say something? Oh yeah, it was covered in the chat. The chat, the, yeah. the thing that's not archived, you can't go back and read. Yeah. <laughs> that only people that pay for your shitty newspaper could access. I was like, come on, man. I I know it, it probably sounds like we're slightly bitching about Jim Thomas, and I'm going to bring that a little further. Um, <laughs> not bitching about him because that's not his fault. Uh, I'm going to bitch about the Post-Dispatch for a second, and I know you guys are going to agree with this. Okay, Jim Thomas is retired, which, hey, Excellent career, man. Go enjoy your retirement. Happy for you. And thank you for the last couple of years of blues coverage. But talking to you, Post Dispatch, go get a hockey guy. Hockey guy. guy. Stop not, bringing not in Jeff football guys to turn into hockey guys. Yeah, Wait, not, but, not the hockey guy, Jeff Gordon. The, uh, right. A, a no, real no, hockey guy. No, a no, guy who can no. really Any, talk hockey. And, anyone but Jeff Gordon, oh my God. basically. Bring but in an outsider. Right? No. They, they brought the guy from Dallas. Uh, is he with the post? Yeah, I okay. thought so. Why is he is he taking over the beat? Yeah, I thought so. Okay. okay. Oh shit, I didn't okay. know that. Well, if he is, that's great because he is more of a, much more of a hockey guy. Um, yes, than the hockey guy. Than the hockey guy. Yeah, than any hockey. I'm telling you. Well, we all know this that there's there are not many hockey guys in St. Louis sports media. Um, very few that can actually talk hockey. So. My wife's more of the hockey guy than the hockey. Who guy. can talk hockey Just like that? Um, Jamie Rivers. Rivers can. Well, Rivers obviously right. He can talk hockey, um, but but written word. Who do we have? Written word. Yeah, like a writer. A journalist. I was going to say Randy Carricker, no. but he's not a writer. Um, no, I, there, <laughs> nobody. Who? Yeah, Rutherford. Rutherford is the only well, one. Yeah, he, and 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 again, well, Ruth, again, not Rutherford busting, correct. not busting Rutherford's balls. But he was there before Jim, right? What did Rutherford do before hockey? Football. And he was brought in to cover hockey. Yeah. He's told a story on this show before about when he started covering the Blues and how he didn't know any of the terminology. And, hey, it worked out. JR's great. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Well, I'm not saying anything negative about him. I think he, I think he makes it work. Uh, he made it work because he's such a good reporter. You know, he, right. he knows he, he, he asks good questions most of the time. And he's gotten to know the players, right. and he's literally picked their brains about wh- how hockey works, you know, and he gets it. So it worked out with him. And I, maybe over time it would have been great with Jim Thomas, but to me it never really uh, never really felt like, well, you know, anything great. So We've talked about this. Yeah. When, when you, Let's get a hockey when guy. When we heard the press conferences and Jim Thomas was asking questions, it was, I mean, you know, Jim Thomas is a great writer um, and a great football guy. Uh, I'm not sure he ever really quite embraced the hockey atmosphere. I mean, he did it for, he's done it for a while now, but uh, he was yeah. never he was never asking the right questions. He never seemed to 
be asking the questions that a hockey guy would ask after a game. You know what I mean? It was right. it, it was just like it's not his fault. It was and, just you know, I, I think it's one of those things that you know, the post dispatch and the the wild just got one back. Um, but the post dispatch probably did a really good thing by putting him on the hockey beat when the Rams, you know, left five years before his retirement. And you know, they didn't force him into early retirement and they give him the blues wow. gig. That was a great goal. Yeah. So right, we should probably get back on uh talking talking blues here. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> um, so, another media rant. Yeah. Well, there's some uh, in the postseason interviews, some other eye opening stuff that was said <laughs> by Armstrong. Um, he said, you know, it, God, what happened? Sorry. Yeah. Goals keep happening. Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota scored again. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I just, I, that's what I was talking about. The, uh, the real nice one. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. They're up. They're only down four three. Dallas scored two quick ones. Now Minnesota scored two quick ones. This is this is gonna be another double overtime game. (laughs) Yep. Oh god. All right. That was nice. Anyway, uh, two nice goals back to back. Um, So Armstrong said, uh, "We as an organization let our standards slip to what was acceptable in the things that the fans never saw, which was the practice sessions, Um, the preparedness for practice." The guys are going on the ice at 11 o'clock, and I go get coffee at 10.50 to go out and watch, and the guys are doing questionable things to uh, prepare uh, that I've never seen before. Uh, it's also our practice habits. There were too many practices where we would not shoot enough. We'd miss the net. We'd overpass it. The next drill would go on, and the same thing would happen. And the next night, we'd go 14 to 15 minutes with no shots on net, and we're going, geez, how would that happen? This bad, bad habits in practice and to me and correct and let me know what you guys think about this i'm confused here where are the coaches if this stuff's happening in practice time and time again are the coaches not running the practice are they are they not seeing no or this is not correct you overpassing you're missing that run it again get your shots on net uh, doing weird things in practice. Why aren't the coaches saying, "Hey, what are you doing?" Uh, let's yeah, get back on base here. I want to know what these questionable things are. Like he says, they're going to get a coffee at ten fifty, and then he watches, and guys are doing questionable things to prepare. What? What are they doing? Like, like stuff I, he's never seen before. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like I don't, I don't get. I mean, I imagine that doesn't mean like the soccer ball, which is pretty common by now, but like. You're literally talking about right before they get on the ice. What are they doing? Are they not stretching properly? Like, well, I, I, I would love an elaboration on that. I just want to know where the co- I mean, this is a, the coaches run practice. Players don't run the practice. Uh, what? So why aren't the coaches? I mean, if this is a if they're their their practices are are getting, uh, you know, uh, they're they're going off kilter, and players are developing bad habits we're the fucking coaches to say hey let's get back on track here focus this is what we got to be doing that's their job yeah like you said run it again i, I can't tell you how many times i heard that damn <laughs> phrase playing hockey no it's a shitty shot you're overpassing run it yeah. again i you know yep. I, I don't know i mean you three go again like <laughs> yeah like nope next group doesn't go you guys go again like that and again, I know professional hockey, it's, you know, coaching is a little different than what you and I and, and Bill have seen, but still it's like, 
there is still some authority there to say, guys, what the fuck are we doing here? Run that shit again. Like, right. who's got and, the whistle? Yeah, why isn't that happening? Right. And I would love to know is, you know, was this something that he noticed post O'Reilly trade? Right. Did they rely so much on, you know, Ryan O'Reilly for getting, you know, setting the tone for a good practice? Or was this going on long before that? Right. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, you wonder where the Herb Brooks part of Craig Berube was. If if that wasn't happening, right? Maybe maybe Baruri is afraid of you know of losing the room of screaming too much too often, but make the assistants do it. And if they can't do it, they're not cut out. And well, maybe that's what happened. Uh, some comments were made about the defense as well, which um, I think th- this bears mentioning is that. Uh, so after this, this is Rutherford's work in the article by the, in the Athletic. By the way, uh, we're just taking bits and pieces and talking about it. Yeah, and, and if you haven't read yeah. it again, uh, good reads for those that aren't on the athletic. It's I think they got some. They always have a deal going. It seems like, it's but like a, go to Jeremy's article, sign up. This was a great read. It was like, pretty much all quotes from Armstrong and. Berube. There's like three articles. Very good like three read. articles too that he just released over the past week um, that talk about the postseason mm-hmm. interviews uh, and press conferences and and the quotes that he's got. Uh, for from Kai, some of the players, uh, Berube and Armstrong, which a little, like I said, uh, kind of shocking, a little eye opening, some of the stuff um, that's been going on. And, and stay tuned, right. folks, for over the summer because uh, we will be having JR on at some yep. time. So we will ask him about yes, these yes. quotes because a lot of these are very. So take some notes here. It's like, yeah, what, what kind of habits do the players have? Do you, do you have any insight on that? Um, so. Uh, a lot of people uh, didn't. They they took the comments that Armstrong was making, uh, and he touched on the younger kids, which we'll talk about in a second. But that, uh, and they kind of didn't notice, I guess, that he did mention the defense because people are like, "Well, you're picking on Cairo. What about the defense?" I, he mentions the defense as a problem. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. So, and quote, uh, our defensive zone coverage. There would be no competitive nature to our practice in front of the net. We would give up scoring opportunities in practice, and it was just acceptance. I believe, I believe that bled into our season. Work has to be thought of as enjoyable, not a punishment. I felt this was the first year our group felt work was punishment. And so, I, so he's basically saying they were just the defense was just super yeah, lax, lax in practice, not not and those bad habits. What a shock, yeah, right. right? Us who watched eighty-two games this year of that, what they were doing the same shit in practice. So. You know, it, this is either who they are, or these bad habits and practice have just become, you know, commonplace, and they've carried over into games. So I and, and that's that 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 I mean, people are complaining about you know picking on Cairo, picking on our leading point scorer, blah blah blah. Uh, you know, focus on the defense. It was mentioned. It was. I mean, what else can you say about it? That's that's kind of it in a nutshell, right? Well, and and here's the problem that. He's uh, he can't just come out in this article and just shit on the defense because he's trying to make trades. He <laughs> he knows that if he comes out and is just like, yeah, our defense sucks, our players are awful, uh, this is fucking terrible. We're not going to win for ten years because of these guys. He's not going to be making a trade anytime soon. So he's got to kind of straddle the line here. And and I hate to 
again with Kairu talking about Kairu or whoever he was talking about with the kids. We just assume it's Kairu. They're locked up. They ain't going anywhere. So he can say whatever the fuck he wants because he's he's trying to light a fight under their ass, a fire under their asses. With defense, it's mm, I better watch what I say because I'm trying to move these guys. Plus, they want to leave Mike Van Ryan in good graces and hope he gets another job somewhere else. It's the NHL, but, of course yeah. he will. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, old boys club. And again, oh, you've worked in the NHL. Oh. Well, get ready for the next fifty years. Yeah. You're not going anywhere again. Where are the coaches here? With these with these drills, if Armstrong sitting up in the stands watching practice with his coffee and notices, man, the defense is just allowing scoring chances and they're accepting it, you know, I mean, like, what the fuck? Are, I mean, where are the coaches? I mean, they're fired now, but still, it's like, why wasn't this addressed sooner? Uh, maybe it was. If, if but, he's seeing it, you have to assume he's had to see had something to. of Ruby throughout the year, but, right? Even, and maybe Bruby was like, I can't get Van Ryan and McTavish to do shit. And maybe it was just so late in the year. They were like, okay, well, we'll just let them go at the end of the uh, year. I, we don't know. I, I, it, this whole thing, you know, complaining about stuff that happens in practice and then spills over into games. It's like that is 100% all coaching. I mean, yeah, okay. Players are going to maybe you give them an inch, you're going to take a mile. Some of them, you know, oh, we don't have to work hard in practice. I'm not going to. Um that's that's it's on the coaches. It's hundred percent. So, and and again, they've been fired. So we'll except for Rod. So we'll see. And the uh, goaltender coach. So we'll, which I don't think was a problem this season. I have no no gripes with any of that really. No, I I think they they address the problem areas. Yeah. And now if you go in the next year and all of a sudden the goaltending crumbles or the offense is struggling more than we thought they might. Then maybe you move Alexander or not, but I think they they said this year, for the most part, it was defense and special teams that really let us down, and so that we just got to let those two guys go. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I think if if they start the season as poorly as you know they played at times this year, that even Baruby's you know got to be questioned at that point. You know. Oh yeah. So not just not just Ott and Alexander, but Baruby too. So that I agree. I mean, I'm I'm excited that he's you know casting this you know going to cast this wide net um, when he's looking for the replacement coaches. Um, you know the the retreads just you know the at least what we've gotten haven't worked. And um, yeah, thank God Ken Hitchcock is officially formally retired. Because <laughs> um, I'll tell you the 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 comments he made, you know, his summer project trying to get to understand the younger kids, right? That was that was something out of straight out of Ken Hitchcock's book, right? During the TJ Oshie days, man, uh, how many quotes did we hear from Hitchcock about that? Um, you know, and I, I think it's great. You know, I, I, I think, you know, Armstrong, you know, looks up to Hitchcock, even though, you know, he was his boss. Um, you know, Armstrong was Hitchcock's boss, um, but he had a lot of respect for him and, you know, is, is trying to take page out of that book. And let's let's hope he gets it right. Um, comments were made about Cairo and the younger players, um, Doug Armstrong. And head coach uh, Craig, uh, Craig Burby uh, all reaffirmed that Kairou has had has a lot of learning to do this summer. 
Um, Armstrong said they'll play 18 minutes in a game to get an 18-second shift that can go on YouTube and get a million likes and think that this was a good night. I have to understand what makes them think like that and how we can say, you can have that, but you can also give us this. Um, Kyrie wasn't... More goals, by the way, in this Dallas-Minnesota yeah, game. I know. <laughs> Two more goals. Six to three now. Two more goals <laughs> in 30 seconds for They're Dallas. Coming, like, I look down and they score. Ugh. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I love it. Fuck you, Minnesota. Go Stars. Oh, no. Go Minnesota. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> I can't root for Dallas. You can't root for Minnesota. I can't root for either of them. I got to pick one. <laughs> uh, I picked Dallas. I don't. I don't like Dallas. I don't. Uh, okay. So back to yeah. back back. To so Kyrie wasn't mentioned specifically by name, but it was rather obvious uh, who he was talking about. Um, Kyrie was asked by reporters what he learned about himself and the team this season. Kyrie said, "In general, overall, it wasn't really a great season for any of us." When asked specifically to evaluate himself, Kyrie replied, "Like I said, we weren't really good as a team this year." And that's all that really matters is how the team does. So, yeah, next year I want to be better, obviously, for the team because I want the, uh, to be better as a group. You want to be to get better in all areas of your game. For me, I want to try and get that consistency with playing harder on the puck and maybe being a lot better defensively in certain areas. Ding, 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 ding. I think it's just playing more and getting more experience. And hopefully that's the case. Uh, just playing more, understanding, getting better at your defensive responsibilities. But again, talk is cheap with this. Um, this reminds me of the kind of thing when players talk like this, when something is obviously wrong with their game. Well, granted, I'm going to say this. Kairou, fantastic offensive talent. Uh, led the team in scoring. Uh, almost a 40-goal scorer. He could, you know... He could have had a lot more points on on offense if he was just more decisive. It seemed like, but uh, he has a hole in his game. It's a gaping hole in his game that can make him a better all around player, a better team player, and that's being more defensively responsible. And then Armstrong talked about, you know, as soon as a turnover happens, right? Uh, how he, turnovers are going to happen. He doesn't really care about the turnovers that much in the offensive zone. It's how a player reacts after the turnover is made. What do you do? Do you sit there and sulk for a few seconds and not immediately start back checking, which is what you should be doing? Yeah. You know, and Kyrie was one of those guys where um, he just, he'd turn the puck over and then he didn't get back, you know, and it's, yeah. and yeah, it, it was infuriating. And, and Bill, I think I actually made this comment to you. I might've been to both of you. I don't know, but actually might've been weird at the Vancouver game. Have you ever seen a, a 70 point score? who you just do not trust with the puck. And <laughs> yep, to me, yeah. that's fucking Jordan Cairo. Yeah. Man, I, I do not want to completely shit on Cairo. That's like the fun thing to do for Blues fans on social media right now. I, I've i actually come around a little bit. If you listen to uh, early this season, I was asking for him to be benched with how bad he was playing. So I've I've come around a little bit and said, okay. And again, I think I said this last week. I, I just ask for you to be semi-passable as a defensive player. I don't expect you to make great defensive plays that lead to two-on-ones for your teammates. I expect you to be a part of those two-on-ones. So I don't expect him to make the great defensive play. I just ask him to basically be there, follow the structure of the team. But man, for me, the biggest issue, and you kind of said it there, Kurt, isn't just 
like it he'll carry the puck in or somebody will feed him a pass and he'll skate to the corner and he'll just some one guy will get on him and he just loses it instantly and it's just do you have and, and then the guy skates the other way and Kairu's dogging behind and it's like do you have any strength on the puck at all to where you can like go into a board battle and come out with it and if you don't do you have any fucking hustle and heart in your game to get back and get that fucking puck back? Guess what, kid? You won fastest skater in the NHL. You can clearly keep up with these guys. Lose the puck, get it back. And he doesn't do that. And that, that to me, is the most infuriating part of his game. I, I Again, I have come around a little bit defensively. Well, But, man, the hustle is lacking sometimes, and that there, drives me fucking crazy. There, there are two factions uh, of fans, m- m- two big factions uh, when it comes to Kairu. There's the, there's the group that um, wants to rip him a new one for his defensive play um, and want him traded, right? And there's the other group that wants to give him a complete pass on his defensive shortcomings because he scored, was it 37 goals this season uh, and led the team in scoring? Both of them dead wrong. <laughs> Both of them. I don't, you, I mean, he's not going to get benched because he's the team leading scorer, but he's got to be more defensively responsible. He's got to be criticized for that because it's a glaring hole in his game. And like you said, Jeff, you wanted to bench him. It was so obvious early in the season. Um, the only reason uh, it became less of a of a talking point as the season went on was because his offense ramped up. He was still the same yeah. defensively responsible person than he was early in the season, um, but he was putting up points uh, after that. So uh, it, it was you know if you if you put up a ton of points, the only the only way I'm going to give Kyrie a complete pass on his defensive shortcomings is if he gets a hundred points. If he's a hundred point guy, I'm like, you know what? hundred points. I still will give him a complete well, pass. I'm still going to get mad at him, but I'm not going to call for his benching. I'm not going to come down and say, well, you know what? I, he's a hundred point guy. He's got to be out there. He's got to be playing. I'm past that. I'll admit I've, I've moved past it in, in the benching thing. I will say though, even if you're a hundred point guy, you still got to come no, back I, in the zone and at least pick a man up. I, I agree. I agree. Connor McDavid's 150 goal score or point score, and he does that. No, I, there are some. You can do it too, Kyrie. There are great goal scorers in this league, guys that put a lot of points that also are responsible defensively. No. Yeah. What what worries me about Cairo is that just the maturity level. I don't think it's there yet. I, I think his comments were sure. um, were you know is cheap talk, right? Cheap words that that you can throw out cliche shit. Um, you know, not happy with the way the entire team was. Uh, you know, I I, I want to see him. I, I said last week. I I thought he, this was the summer that he needs to double down and actually put the work in, right? Go to work with, you know, with some defensive skills coaches or hell, even hands coaches figure out, figure out how to take better passes. Um, How many, how many times did he get a pass? You just couldn't hold on to, right? There, there are all kinds, all parts of his game that can get worked on. 
I just worry that he doesn't have the maturity to try to work through it this summer. I think he's still, you know, he's young, he's yeah. uber rich and he's, you know, he, until he, until I feel that vibe that, that he gets that end of it, that it's a maturity thing, right? I think Thomas, this, I was in the same boat with him last year. I thought he came around quite a bit this year, right? He, yeah, he, he got did. to the point that, you know, I, I don't think it's a stretch for him to wear an A. Cairo never going to wear a an chance. A on this team. Not a chance. Never. He's got to, he's got to move mountains. Uh, yeah. With his attitude and his and his performance on the ice, uh, yeah. as far as being a responsible player, you know he puts up points. You know he'll he'll have a long career just doing what he's doing right now, but he's not going to get to that elite level. You know as a, as a as a sought after player. And Bill, you mentioned um, uh, talk is cheap. This remind this kind of this kind of like a player talking about what he's doing wrong, what he needs to fix. I always think back to Chris Stewart. And how mm-hmm. how he got off that great start with us, and then he struggled so bad for so long. And he was asked about it a number of times. He'd say, "Yeah, I know. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to got to uh, you know be better at this and be better at that." And he never did. He never did what he said he was going to do. And and he was eventually you know gone. So another guy that wore twenty five. Ooh, what is it about? That's that interesting. Yeah, him and Sean Poding. Was it Sean Poding or 25? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, he was 25. And Pascal Rayom. Uh, Pascal Rayom. So um, one of the Russians did too. Oh, Prokhorov? Prokhorov. I think it's Prokhorov. Yeah. The, 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 the guy that was supposed to be the best. Karamnov was 17, I believe. Karamnov was 12. Yeah. 12. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's Prokhorov. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that just when players talk like that, uh, until they they back up their words with actions, it's always going to be Chris Stewart to me because you can say all the things in the world, you can say the right things now, but you gotta come, you gotta make good on it, you gotta come through. I will, I will say that to to make when they get this comparison, which you you're actually spot on with that, at least when Cairo quote unquote disappears. He might still have a goal that sure. game. Like Stewart, <laughs> yeah. when that dude, he would disappear for twelve games at a time without a point. And it's like, dude, what the hell happened to you? You were just he's, lighting up the score sheet. He's up there with one of my most hated blues players of all time. Just because I loved him when we first got him because he was producing. He was like, Oh, oh my god, too. he's on fire. I remember a sick OT goal he scored, backhand roof mm-hmm. on Columbus, yep. like five games after we got him. And I'm like, Oh my God, this dude's the real deal. Yeah. And, and right, Kurt, you, and there's a certain blues defenseman that I used to say this about, but it's the fact that he had the talent. You could tell he had yeah. the talent. He just didn't have the drive to do it all the time. Uh, we'll have some more hockey talk, including Brube's comments um, about uh, some of the team, uh, mostly uh, Kairou. <laughs> on the other side of this break from our amazing sponsors, you're listening to Kurt Bill and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. We'll return after these messages. Every beer league hockey night, I grab my hockey bag and sticks and throw them in the trunk of my car. And the very next thing I do 
a mix-up of boost of energy, courtesy of RockinThatIDLife.com. It's formulated to break up its delivery in three ways, which helps me get through all three periods of hockey. Phase 1 provides a rapid onset of energy, concentration, alertness, and motivation. By period 2, I'm receiving a dose of sustained energy, increased focus, metabolism, cognitive function, performance, and feelings of well-being, which I need with the way I play. In Phase 3, I'm getting fatigue protection without jitters and crash, an elevated mood and a reduction of fluid retention to help me make the big play when it counts. This same triphasic approach helps me when I drink it during work hours or simply just for a pick-me-up when I need it. Try one of the four energy flavors by visiting rockinthatidlife.com, but make sure to email Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a beer lover's dream for hockey fans. Based in St. Louis, Missouri, owner Steve Albers has been brewing hockey-themed favorites for thirsty sports fans since 2017. From the Beauty IPA to the Old Arena Lager, a cold, frosty, hockey-themed beer is just what the doctor ordered for hockey fans in St. Louis. Make sure to check your local beer store for Center Ice Brewery beer today. LGB. Let's go beer. During the magical 2019 playoff run, I was in the midst of buying my current home. Every time I spoke with my realtor, obviously, home buying was the discussion. But in the back of my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about what was destined to happen for our St. Louis hockey team. If only there were a realtor who could have walked me through the process, held my hand when needed, but was there to be a sounding board when I wanted to complain about a certain hand pass goal. Let realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage be that for you. He'll have your needs top of mind as he skates you through the home buying or selling process, dangling you past any obstacles and assisting on all your home goals. Check out strikewithmike.com for more information or give him a call directly at 314-753-4060. That's Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage at strikewithmike.com and that number again is 314-753-4060. Don't forget to tell Mike that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And now, back to Let's Go Blues Radio, the longest running St. Louis Blues podcast with Price, Ponder, and Day. So coming out of break, uh, we do want to mention uh, another sponsor of ours that we've absolutely loved having on board this season. Uh, Mike Burgoyne with strikewithmike.com. Please remember that, folks, for uh, if you're buying or selling a house, or you know somebody who is. Uh, Mike has been an excellent sponsor for the show. And again, I've, I'm just lucky. I've got all these fucking cool dudes in my life with Dustin Paul and Mike Burgoyne, a guy that I've played hockey with for a long time. Um, and, uh, just, a, a just, again, a, a great guy too. He's also a cop. So clearly he <laughs> knows the area. Um, and he's, he's looking out for people and he does that as a realtor too. He's always looking out for you and has your best needs in mind. Um, again, I, I did not have him when I bought my house. I know in my commercial, I mentioned it. I wish I did because man, I was buying my house in 2019. And if I would have had someone like Mike, just yep. shoot the shit with talk hockey. I, I was going to say that I didn't, uh, I wasn't, uh, uh, back when I sold my house back in 2000 and, uh, I believe it was 17. Um, 
I, I didn't I didn't have Mike didn't know I, I don't know if Mike was actually being a realtor back then but anyway uh, I was not happy with my realtor uh, because I was in a situation where I um, bought a, I had a contract down on a new house and I already had my house for sale so and a house came up that I want really wanted uh, the house I'm in now and uh, in the school district I wanted in the neighborhood I wanted and so I was like, I got to put a contract down on this house, um, even though my house isn't sold. So I had a contingency contract on this house and, you know, sell my other house. Then that one, this one goes through and they gave me two months. And uh, I, I feel like um, my realtor was taken advantage of by other realtors because they knew this, you know, so they were kind of, they kind of, they, they played hardball. And I don't think my realtor played hardball back, you know, with them. And I think that, uh probably got uh, screwed out of a, a, I don't know, $20,000 or so that I could have had extra in this house just because I'm like, cause she's, she's, she was doing the discussions and she was perfectly a nice lady, but I don't think she was um, the other, the other people had a, they, which sometimes you want an asshole as a realtor, right? If you're negotiating <laughs> and they had a guy who was, yeah. and yeah. And I'm telling guy. you, Mike's not an asshole, but Mike is Mike is a bad yeah, tough guy. He's a guy, and again, I have seen him on right. the rink, and I I know it's how he carries himself as a police officer, yeah. too. He is the guy who is gonna make sure nobody's getting hurt, make sure nobody's getting in trouble, and he's gonna be the guy that steps in for his teammates. And again, he yeah. I know he does that for all of his clients. Great job. Mike Burgoyne, he's he's had a, an excellent year from what I've seen. He's won a bunch of awards for how well he's doing. So, again, strikewithmike.com. Check that out. My friend, Mike Burgoyne, couldn't be happier to have him as a part of the show this season. And, uh, yeah, just uh, best of luck to him. And, again, one of the best people that I know, hockey player, will shoot the shit with you. But get the work done as well. Yeah, and I, I wish uh, I wish I had had him back in seventeen, because I felt like a, uh, you know, I had to sell, and uh, the other realtor knew that, and so I kind of, you know, had to come down more than I was comfortable with, but I did it anyway because I, I wanted this house. So um, anyway, uh, Armstrong is um, wait, nope, we didn't cover what Bruby said. There we go, uh, Bruby uh, in the. Uh, post-season uh, interviews and press conferences was more blunt about Cairo um, and the team play. Uh, he says, for me, if you want to be a real good team and you want to have an opportunity to win, you have to sacrifice as an offensive player sometimes. You've got to do the other things out on the ice that shows the sacrifice of, to your teammates. It might hurt you stat-wise with points a little bit, but that's but what's but what's more important is winning, and if we want to be a championship team and we want to get in the playoffs next year, they've got to make sacrifices that way. Now that I think that those comments I think are going to be they'll interpret that some people will as Burberry's, uh stifling a younger player's creativity to be more defensive, kind of like a Hitchcock kind of a they had a mo of doing to some degree. But I don't think that's really the case. I think that's, that's not really a fair comment in this case. Um, I think Brube is all for offensively talented players doing their thing. He just wants them also to be defensively responsible, which is a problem, obviously. Right. It, it, it's it's about him rounding out, maturing, getting both ends of the game going. Right. And I think we made this point again. So, 
keep it brief, but Nathan McKinnon had a knock on him as, you know, not being a two-way player. And now he's like the most dedicated person to the lifestyle in the NHL. If, if we could get a little bit of that in Cairo, I think it would go a long way. He eats a lot of kale. Right. Right. Kale McCarr. Ah. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, he's... But he mows his lawn. Yeah, yeah McKinnon mows Makar's kale. <laughs> um, and Bruby has addressed that before about, you know, uh, people being critical of him saying that he's, well, you know, he doesn't want young kids to, to be creative and he wants them to, to, to sacrifice their their stats for defensive play. And he's like, that's not really true, you know. They, you know, I, I want players to be produ- to be creative, and to and to produce offensively, but they also have to get back. You got to get back. You got to play. De- you got to play people defense. People forget the style this team ran with last year. They got them 107 Nine. points. Nine. Or 109 points. Like they were run and gun offense. It was mm-hmm. basically free yeah. for all for the forwards. You know what? Like. I don't get why people think that. Like, oh, look, but even at the start of this because year, Bru- that's how they play. Because Bruby's a tough guy. He was a tough guy in the NHL. He's like, oh, he's not an offensive-minded guy. He's more of a, he's more of a brawler. And I'm like, and that's just, oh, that's, that's who he is as a coach. I don't think he's ever been that way. I, I just think I he. The Blues have, Blues had what five fights this year? Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't think his. Yeah, I, it, obviously, you know, you got They've got some young talents and young, very two of the most creative players in the league. In Thomas and Cairo, you know you don't want to stifle that, but you want them to be defensively responsible. And some, and that may, you know, their stats may suffer a little if they're hustling to get back, if they're not cherry picking, if they're playing more of a role around the game. But the team's going to probably win more games that way, and they're still going to put up their points. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be a problem getting points for them. Uh, I think Thomas, I mean, they could both be 100 point players. You know, if they played a really good team game and if they had a good defense behind them, we could have three 100 point players next season in Bushnevich, Thomas, and Cairo. Could. It's possible. You, I bet you got it. But I mean, this team has to make leaps, come leaps and bounds, you know, because you got to keep the puck out of your net. You got to have a good tran- transition game out of your own zone. And you got to have the offense is not turning the puck over in the offensive zone, and and making the right decisions with the puck, which has been a problem. So they got a long ways to go. I'm saying, but the talent is there. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but in the right situation, those three guys can put up 100 points. Butch Neighbors has got to stay healthy. Yeah, that's true, and not get suspended. Yeah. He's been suspended the best. Yeah, don't headbutt <laughs> <Yeah>, people. <right. laughs> Um, and, uh, did the, uh, this was addressed in Rutherford's article, did the big, con- I mean, very, very briefly, but it was t- discussed earlier this year too. Did the big contract play into how Kyrie played? Um, the athletic reported early this season that teammates were frustrated that Kyrie had gotten the big payday before really proving himself. I think, you know, only Kyrie knows that answer. If, if the big contract yeah. affected how he plays, I mean, I don't. I'm gonna say no because I don't think it really changed from last year. Yeah, probably not. I, I think it's always been. He looked like the same player to me. And well, to me, that was the problem was that I didn't see him develop too much from. Well, last year. the first two or three weeks of the season, remember, he was god awful on uh, both ends of the ice. Oh, he was. He couldn't do anything. He wasn't putting up points. So I think that's when. Oh, well, he got the contract, and now the first two or three weeks of the season, he looks awful. I think that's where that conversation came from. Because he wasn't Probably. he wasn't doing anything. 
Um, no, that, that he was awful. He couldn't even score. Oh, a goal. And that's when you were saying bench him. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, yeah, if he's not going to score, because, because my point was, if he's not going to score goals, what the fuck is he doing? For yeah. You? And I was like, well, he could score goals. <laughs> and we had a nice little back and forth. Yes. We did. Um, and no, I don't I, think, I don't, I don't think either don't, of us were wrong. No, I agree. The truth? I think you were right. And I was right. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird that we're so right. Right. Bill was the most right though. Yeah. Cause he didn't say anything about it. Yeah, <laughs> so he was clearly right. He was like, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck up, you two. It's getting late, boys. It's getting late. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. Did it play into it? I don't know. But to me, you know, we heard that there was a, rumors are that it was O'Reilly and Tarasenko that have said that had said something to him on separate occasions. Like, dude, you're getting paid like a big boy now. Let's see it. And I don't know. I, I think he, again, I think he played fine. It's weird to say that again, 70 point score. Yeah. He played fine, but yeah, we do need to see that next step. I thought it would happen this year. I still didn't see it. We'll see what happens next year because now he is clearly going into the season as an offensive leader. There's no O'Reilly, no Tarasenko, not even a Barbashev. So you are the guy going into well, next year. So and it depends it, on what he does this summer. And it's been addressed publicly. And he has addressed it publicly here after the season in the post game, the postseason press conference. Uh about about how he he himself said he needs to be better defensively. So whether or not he believes that or not is irrelevant. It's out there. So clock's ticking on on how long it takes him to get there um, with his defensive play. Uh, I don't I don't understand anybody who says, well, you know, you give him a free pass. He puts up a lot of points. Bullshit. Uh, you you last year's playoffs were a perfect example. I mean, we won that game, but you know, half-assing it when McKinnon blows by you. Right to 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 score that goal in that playoff game, what like, should honestly have been the series clinching goal. It should have been. Yeah, it should have been. Yeah, if not for very late heroics. Yep. So but number twenty one, Patrick Berglund. <laughs> no, wait, I'm sorry, Tyler Bozak. Molly Bozak. Molly Bozak. <laughs> yeah, it was our margaritas that did it. Exactly. <laughs> um. So. Armstrong talked about being uh, disconnected. He said, uh, I said to some of the veteran players that this is the most disconnected I felt with the largest part of our organization, our players. Uh, Craig Brubay and I had to spend summer, uh, spend the summer talking to professional people that know these, uh, that know what these players go through and what makes them tick. To me, man, that's, not something you want to hear out of your the GM that's putting this team together that doesn't understand the mindset of a lot of the younger players. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, fuck. I'm going to mow someone else's lawn here, so I'm going to mow yours, Kurt. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, this is in your notes, Yeah, Blues do have a team psychologist on staff, Scott McFadden, but he says he wants to help uh, find more help outside of the organization uh, who specializes in this matter. Um to me, and I know that, you know, there, you could go a different couple different routes here, but to me, that's a young coach. You go and get a junior's coach who knows how players are ticking nowadays, how he gets them to work. You know, you look at the the teams up in Canada that have had success the past couple of years. 
look at those coaches, get some new faces in here. And then, you know, you get someone to replace McTavish, who's maybe a little more offensive minded, but again, a young coach up and comer, go get a defensive coach who again can maybe just implement a new style that these veterans on D have never really played before. And maybe we get, we, we just figure out how to get these guys to play together. I think that is the key here. And to me, this is Armstrong alluding to that's what he's going to be looking at the most. What they need is a young Tito Landrum. That's what they need. <laughs> now, I, I, I think, I think they, you know, if, they, if they're going to target somebody young, it's got to be for the for the forwards, because the the D right average age of the D is uh, what thirty at this point. It's so up there. It's up you, there. you know, Perunovic is uh, is the the young defenseman. Um, if he stays healthy, he'll be on this team. But I think you have to you got to bring somebody in with a different mindset. But I don't necessarily think you got to you know bring in somebody who's going to you know shift the way that the, the defensemen think about life, right? You just got to bring in a a better structure, right? And I think it probably starts with blocking more shots. Yeah, which is well, interesting Bill, you because... know who's available? We can get him out of retirement. We talked about him already, Ken Hitchcock. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you, who, who's our best uh, shot blocker? Who's our best uh, shot blocker? Portuzo. Right. Portuzo. And foreshadowing for later in the show, uh, Rutherford uh, has him as all but gone. Yeah. Season. Yeah. So yeah. Which, I think it's I'm an not, easy contract to move. It makes sense. Well, you know what though? I, I, I'm 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 with Bill. Shot blocking is is lacking, and, and if, if he's your best shot blocker. I have no problem with moving any player, but it's who you replace him with. You know, if you want to bring in a better one, great. But if you're not going to bring in a guy who's going to, I just don't know who's going to be blocking shots. Nobody yeah. on this roster. Right. You got to go out and get outside help. And I think that's what's going to happen. You'll see Bortuzzo move possibly. And you get somebody who's a higher quality defenseman that can block shots as well. But you also Who that is, to, I don't know. But right, I'm just saying. You, you also have to bring in, you know, replacing one of these, uh, you know, one of the the forwards, either Pitlick or Levo. You know, if you're going to bring in a journeyman, it's got to be a defensive shot blocking specialist. I don't know. Somebody like an Oscar Sundqvist. That would be, I, I'll admit, man, that is a thought that has come to my head since yeah. I've been watching the, the Wild a little bit more. And I'm like, he's affordable, you know, yeah. a good third and line guy. He he's a veteran at this here. point. Yeah, still lives here. Still gets Urban Maybe. Chestnut delivered. Yes, he does. <laughs> That's right, he does. Uh, he is making $2.75 million right now. And so he's probably going to get a raise. So he'll make it over yeah. three. Next he's, but, he's the type of player every team wants. Yeah, I hate to say it, but because I normally don't think this, but with the fact that he fell in love with St. Louis and he still lives here, do you think he takes a one or two year deal at that same price? To he's twenty. To come back here. He's twenty nine. I don't know. Yeah, that that's a good question because it, it's just it it's it depends on the individual player. You know, it's like right. everybody's different. Um, I would. I don't say, think he takes a cut, but I wonder if he would take the same price to come back here. I almost wonder. I mean, would you want the Blues to sign him for three million dollars? We we'll talk about salary cap a little bit later on. We only have like four plus to spend. You know, 
I think with, if you go get a Sunquist without moving, yeah, without not, moving, if we don't move somebody, right? So, yeah, I think if you can get him, I would. But again, unless you is don't that make you, another move, is that how you spend your money? That's I, I, where I'm, your money's going. I, like that's where the majority of your money's going this summer. Then that's what I'm saying. So you, that's yeah. that's your guy that you're getting this summer, unless you move somebody, which yeah. they almost they I mean, God. They got to try to. They have to. They have to. <laughs> you got to try. I, I know we've. I know we've said this for an exhaustion now for all year, but they have got to move one of those defensive contracts. There's no way to improve via. And he said it that basically they're not going to be players in free agency as of right now, which I don't blame them. Um, so, you, if you want to be active at all in the trade market or free agency, you have got to unload one of those contracts because you just don't have that much wiggle room. Armstrong also said, I have to ask them, what do I need to do to give them the best chance for success? Because I don't believe I'm doing that right now because I don't believe I understand what they're going through. Talking about young players. I don't get it anymore, and it's my job to get it or get out. It's a good summer project for an old man. I, and that's, you know what? It's almost like that's oh, I for the first time I'm like, man. And, and it could have been just a off-the-cuff comment that didn't mean anything. But it's like, wow, I mean, maybe he sees the end of the tunnel for him as a GM if he doesn't understand young players and can't understand young players uh, after this. If he doesn't learn anything this offseason, uh, then what? You know, does he, does well, and he's, he's a big talker. Um, and, and I'm not, that's not a bad thing. I know typically people say that and they're like, well, he doesn't follow through on actions. He does. But he does, he says these big comments and then he does typically follow it up with something big. And so I do feel like when he says this, he's serious. Like, yeah, this summer I'm going to learn what are, you know, players that I grew up with and players that I've managed now for years and years in Dallas and St. Louis. It ain't cutting it anymore. These guys are motivated by something else. And I'm not understanding what that is. And I'll admit as a 37 year old, I know you guys agree. I don't fucking understand kids these days either. I yeah. I work with a couple interns and I'm just like, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> That's a thing. Like, I get it, man. So I love yeah. that he's able to call that out and see it. <clears throat> yeah, it's you know the his his Cairo comment about YouTube, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody knows who that was directed at. It wasn't directed at. You know, nobody was named, but everybody knows it was directed at Cairo, right? You know, it, it's like, you know, you'd almost like to think we should tell him just download TikTok and spend <clears throat> your entire summer on that. Then maybe you'll get an idea what kids think. <laughs> but he might not have that opportunity much longer. We'll see. Uh, Armstrong also said, uh, re- referencing the captain, captaincy next season. Armstrong isn't so sure the Blues will put a C on a player next season. Uh, he says uh, he'll consult with Brube along with his management staff and a pair of retired players, Barrett Jackman and David Backus. He said, and I quote, it's something I thought about when Alex Petrangelo left. Um, what is the role of a captain, and is the role of a captain in the sport anymore? I don't know if there is. I think you have such a group uh, dynamic and everything else guys deal with. I don't know if you need a C or if you need multiple A's to pull a team together. I think that if you're a leader, you don't need a C. You're going to do that with your actions. I haven't decided if the Blues will have a captain, but I'm saying there's a possibility there couldn't be. I 
guarantee we won't be announcing one in the next few months. Is he overthinking the whole captaincy yes. thing? My I, God. I think so. Because my thought here is Braden Chad's like, what the I, fuck? I know. Well, it, my Who point is, to me, the GM should not be weighing in on this. I agree. It's not the GM's players. not in the fucking room. Let the it's the vote. players and the coaches that should make this decision. Players and coaches vote, right? Exactly. So if the if the players, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe you hold two votes and say, do we want a captain? A, and then we say, oh, okay, you guys do. Who should it be? Like, you don't. Mm. This isn't a GM. Oh, I don't know. Do we need a cap? You're not in the room as much, man. Yeah. This isn't your call. He's there a very 21 votes for Braden Shen and one for Jordan Cairo. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> He's you a very you think that if Jordan GM. Cairo gets a vote, it's on a piece of paper and Baruby sees it. Nope. Nope. That's not going to happen. Just throw yeah. us it out. That didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan must have ridden that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Nice joke there, Jordan. Yeah. I think I think I think Armstrong is one of the more hands-on GMs in the NHL as far as uh, lineup decisions. Right. I, right. I, he he's in on all that stuff. I agree, he, but still to me, this is a closed door. No, I agree. Coaches I agree. and or and coaches and players. I agree. And he's completely overthinking the captaincy. Um uh a, a team mm. needs a captain to lead by example. Uh on the ice, off the ice, whatever. And it says the right things in the press con I I, I it, and there is nobody on this team that comes close, in my opinion. To Braden Shen being the captain, it's like it's like Braden Shen, and then probably three or four other guys way down the list, and then there's a bunch, and there's everybody else. I don't, it's not even close to me. And Braden Shen, if it's not Braden Shen, who the fuck is it? Falk, maybe, but Draco. <laughs> I mean, Falk is maybe second in line, yeah. but I, I he's not. Braden Shen is such an obvious choice here. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't understand. Again, unless you do bring back a Ryan O'Reilly. Maybe. But but to me, if you don't bring back o, if you bring back O'Reilly, to me, you gotta give him the captaincy back, right? That wouldn't that just feel weird? Well, O'Reilly's yeah, yeah. back, but he's not even an A. You know, like well, no, I, that would be odd. I would imagine the players would vote O'Reilly the, the captain. I, right. I mean, so that it wouldn't be an issue, I don't think. Did he get his captaincy like taken away from him in Buffalo? What, or not? It wasn't taken away from him. It's like you know what? We don't need you to be the captain anymore. <laughs> was he ever captain? I thought he was just an A. I thought he was. I don't know. It, Maybe it, right. I, I thought I remember an interview with him where it's like it was kind of a relief. I I I hate the way teams handle that up. Uh, the captaincy sometimes. Like if a player's if a player retires, oh, we're not going to have a captain next season out to out of respect to so and so, Dallas Drake. I'm like, come on, right? Name a fucking captain. What the fuck? According to the Sabres website, O'Reilly was never a captain. Okay, so maybe he was alternate captaincy. I'm just making that shit up then. <laughs> uh, the Blues do have the tenth uh, overall pick in the draft lottery. Uh, they also have two other first-round picks, and we'll know what slot they'll be. Those two picks after the Rangers and Maple Leafs are finished in the playoffs. Uh, the sooner they are bounced, the better our picks will be. Armstrong s- sees himself uh, holding on to the number 10 pick, he says, but the other two are up for debate. Armstrong says he's looking for 26-, 27-year-old players with at least three years on of term. So, yeah, he's willing to trade 
move up. Uh, who knows? I mean, he's a very aggressive GM. So. I, I like how he said Armstrong sees him. You know, he he said something along the lines of of he's going to walk up and make that pick at yes. number ten or whatever number it is. Yeah. Um, but the other two are up for debate. Yeah, if you can find a way to move up, you're trading that number ten. Oh, move right. like, I think I I I don't think he. I think the impression he gave was trading it away completely and not, you know, right, right, yeah. So, but his wording still, I'm just, yes, or or if it comes up like, not saying that there's ever this anyway was happen. If Kale McCarr is on the table for the number ten pick, you're trading that away for Kale McCarr. It'd, it'd be but, a it'd be a pretty headline making move to move up in the top ten in this year's draft, right. You know, yeah. especially this year's draft. So, I just think back to like when John Davidson said that TJ Oshie was untouchable, and I'm like, yeah. okay, guy, like, <laughs> yep, that's that's the player you're gonna say is untouchable. Not nothing against TJ Oshie, but untouchable to me. I like think, how I think it means a little different to me than what it does to John Davidson. Like how Dylan Carlson was untouchable for the Cardinals last year at the deadline yeah. when Soto was available. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not giving up Carlson. He's untouchable. So fuck that. <laughs> oh well, now now he's not even starting every day. I know. I, yeah. <laughs> Cardinals are tripping over themselves. They are. Uh, moving a defenseman? Question mark. Uh, uh, Kurt. Yes, Kurt. We're trying to get in touch with you with the private it, chat. Oh, chat. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. We okay. need to move forward. Bill's going to take off, so he wants yeah. to do the, gotcha. uh, the picks thing. All right, so. So okay, so we've got some picks that we made. Uh, we're not grading each player. But we're gonna do something a little different. We got team MVP, most disappointing player, most surprising player in a good way, uh, best in-season acquisition. Um, if you could pick one player to have a career year next season, who would that be? Playoff matchup to watch and off-season predictions. So, Bill, would you like to go first? Uh, in your I, list? I, I would. Are are we going to alternate this or me give my list entirely? I say we then... do each. We just do yeah. each selection each. and then we go through. Okay, let's do that. And by the way, Bill, I would have laughed. You would have been like, oh, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. I'm not ready. All right. Um, All right. So, let's, so, Bill, so, you'll start. Who's our team MVP? Uh, team MVP for me uh, was Pavel Bishnevich. Had he been healthier, I think this is a playoff team. Ooh, ooh. Uh, for me, um, I'm going to go Jordan Bennington. And again, I know there's a lot of hate with this pick. Uh, I think uh, Rutherford even picked him as the MVP. Most of the media did, he did. which tells me something. Uh, guys that definitely watched every game. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait. Think- you tell me you got to watch the games to make these picks? What? Yeah, watch the games, then tell me that Jordan Bennington isn't at least considered for your MVP. Who watches um, the again, games? the terrible defensive play in front of him. Yes, he had some rough outings. There was a couple, there was a road trip with Pittsburgh and the Rangers. I remember he was bad. He was bad there for a stretch after the Minnesota game, uh, the blow up there at the end of the season. There was a couple games after that I thought he was bad. But overall, he had a great year. Yeah. And I'm excited to yeah. see what he brings to the team next year. I'm with yeah, you. he was my number two pick for yeah. MVP. I, I'm I've got the same Bennington. Uh, every goal is going to have a, some bad starts uh, on a bad stretch or two or three in the season. It's fine. Uh, I think 
the vast majority of the nights, he was more than good enough for this team to win had they played good hockey in front of him, and they just didn't on most nights. And uh, he was hung out to dry so often, so many backdoor tapping passes. If you watched the fucking games and knew what to fucking look for in a goaltender, you'd know that Bennington had a, a decent season, a good season, uh, and his numbers look like shit because of it. Um, you can and throw out your advanced stats all you want. I don't care. I don't care. I watched the games. I was I, I saw him play. Side note: as a guy that plays a lot of beer league and plays in tournaments and stuff, it's so funny how in every locker room that I've ever been in since Bennington's come on this team, it's it's me saying this defense sucks. Jordan Bennington's great. Others, no, 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 he's not that good. The one guy that always comes to my defense. Who do you think it is? The goalie. The fucking goalie. Yeah. Guys, watch the defense out there and tell me Jordan Bennington's not great. Every locker room I've ever been in, the goalie is on my side. <laughs> All right. Uh, most disappointing player. Bill. Uh, most disappointing player. Um, so, it, to me, I, I think it's... I almost want to say Jordan Cairo because I thought he could have done a lot more, but I'm not going to <laughs> yeah. just because we've said his name so much tonight. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with Nick Letty. Um, okay. You know, we 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 signed him. Um, you know, signed him to solidify the defense, and it was wasted money. There's probably a lot, a number of people that you could pick on this roster for most of the player. That is a great pick, though. Really, I actually didn't really consider is. him. It That's really a, is that. Yeah, he was man. He was. Again, I didn't think he was going to be great, but I thought he will be at least serviceable and good enough. I think he was fucking garbage. Yeah, he He's, he had he looked like a forward stuck on defense. Yeah, he he had no chemistry with anybody he played with. Always seemed to be turning the wrong way. And how many own goals did he have this year? Led the <laughs> league, I'm sure. Um. Well, my pick was the partner for much of the season. Colton Pareko. Um, yeah. I just feel like he, again, I, I mean, listen to the shows this year. You'll hear us bitch about him plenty. Just, we expected him to take that next step last year. Okay, injuries, we get it. Okay, take the summer off. You know, you got bounced in the second round. Plenty of time to rest up. At this point, I'm debating whether it's injuries. He did have a couple nice stretches, especially after the, the trades. But overall... Yeah, not a good season for Colton Pareko. I had Pareko as my pick here, but I figured it's kind of like a, I don't know. Like I, I knew somebody else would have him, so I want to do something a little different. I want O'Reilly because I thought he was garbage uh, offensively, uh, almost the entire season, um, and I, I, he was a minus infinity um, and had single digit assists late in the season, you know, before the trade deadline. So uh his production was abysmal and I think as a leader um he could have been a, a lot better in that regard. And he and he spoke about that when he was here. And uh, he might not be the most disappointing player in my mind, but I wanted to go something a little different than uh, you guys might have. That's a good pick. He was bad. Oh, to start the year he was awful. Yeah, well, um, and expectations were high. You know, for higher for him, much higher for him than obviously than he reached here. So, and uh, we are getting some comments that we're flashing up on the screen here. But podcasters, uh, we got a couple of people, team MVP, Buchnevich, two people picked him. 
Uh, Ken Morris, the team that gave Bennington the most trouble was the Blues. Uh, Lawrence <laughs> Frazier, most disappointing player, Nick Great Letty. Quote. We signed him over keeping David Perron, enough said. Yeah, please, as we go through this this quick list here and give our little explanations, please let us know your picks for this as well. Yep, yep. Um, okay, uh, what we got next here? Um, most surprising player. Most surprising. That's in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. Most surprising player in a good way. Most surprising player in a good way. I'm going to go with Sammy Blay. I didn't expect him to be a blue for one, (laughs) but you know, after going 52 games in New York without a goal coming here and almost getting 10 amazing. He, he, he was kind of the silver lining to this, to, to the season for me. If, if there is a happy story for this team, that's it. Yeah. I, my pick is also Blay, but um, because of every reason you said, um, just loved seeing him back. And Bill, I think you made the comment that if you get a jersey next year, it's going to be a Blay. And I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I yeah. would say wait because maybe he switches <laughs> back to nine. Yeah, pretty sure um, he's going to. Yeah, so he but should. I would wait and make sure just to be sure. But uh, I'll throw out an honorable mention for me, uh, and I know he didn't play a lot. Joel Hofer. Stepping up and, and playing great uh, for the Blues. I mean, he had a couple bad outings, but it's also because the defense is awful. Uh, but for the most part, he looked great. If there's a capable defense in front of him, I think he proved that he can be a quality NHL backup or even 1B uh, behind Jordan Bennington. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to him in that role next year. I had a few different players in this. I wanted to go off the board a little bit. I went uh, Josh Levo. Um, because he spent a lot of time on the top line this season. Well, early on in the season, anyway, uh, was the only guy that seemed to click with O'Reilly <laughs> for a long while. Um, and actually got O'Reilly going a little bit. Um, I had no expectations for him this season whatsoever, and uh, him being a top line player for a while, um, was quite surprising to me. And um, so yeah, he's my pick. Rupe hints hat trick. Oh, mm, seven to three. Rope Dallas. hints, is it not? Rupee? It's Rupee, right? Rope, Rope. Whatever. All right, let's all let's all just say it differently. <laughs> not gonna work Bill, here. Bill's not going Rope. I'm going Rope. You're going Rupee. <laughs> all right, best in season acquisition. Bill. Um, <laughs> I wasted Sammy Blay on that on the last <laughs> one. Um, Verona. I mean, seriously, off the garbage heap. Yep. I mean, you can make an argument for Verona or Kapanen, but uh, I, I think um, most excited about Verona. He played. He played hockey. Um, you know, uh, there were several Ted Lasso comments in in, in the chat that we didn't cover. Um, you know, people calling out the Blues need Zava and whatnot. But he he plays in like um, uh, uh, Danny. Um, plays it with joy, right? He he seemed to play, um, you know, a, a very, you know, he he seemed very energized by his time here. Um, got a lot of enjoyment out of scoring goals, and that's what this team needs. So, I will um, again. Verona is my pick as yeah. well uh, for all the same reasons Bill said. I Kapanen was good, but I I can. I, I think I think Ron Hextall's done as a GM in the NHL, and if he's not, holy shit, NHL, get your shit together. Uh, Kapanen <laughs> is good enough for what he's paid, 
but I will say I could see some issues throughout his game in the time he was here that I'm like, okay, I can see how he fell out of favor. But waivers, I would never put that dude on waivers. He was fine. Um, so I will say best in, in-season acquisitions since Bill already said Verona, I'll just say the draft picks. Getting such high quality for UFAs and mm-hmm. Zach Dean – a dude who turned it on have fucking like a monster at the end of his season uh, for Barbashev. Great trading by, by Armstrong. We'll see what turns out with these picks, but uh, just really made this offseason exciting for Blues fans. I, I have Verona, and I'll just, for all the reasons that Bill said, but I'll, I'll add that, that, you know, also because Detroit's playing half his salary next season. So that, that makes it extra sweet. True. Uh, if you could pick one player to have a career year next season, who would that be? Bill. For me, it would be Colton Pareko. Mm. Right. We've all given up on on him that he'll be the next guy, right? Or he'll be the the number one that he was predicted to be. Um if if I could pick a guy to have the career year to be the player that we believed he could be, it would be Colton Pareko lead this defense. I would love that. I'd love for him to be back in my good graces because I have, Bill, I know you're with me. I have a Pareko jersey. I want to wear it, but I just don't feel right because I fucking dog the guy constantly. So I'm with you. I hope that's the case. Uh, For me, and this is is probably more of a breakout year answer for me, but I'm going to give it anyway. Uh, Jake Neighbors. Um, I think this past season... Again, we I said this before. People say, well, the Blues picked Letty instead of Perron. I think it was more we can let Perron walk because we got this kid neighbors coming in who's going to be just as good and have a breakout year, you know, like David Perron. We can put him on the power play. And we had 920 goal scores. Six. <laughs> we yeah. were very deep offensively. Agree. And that's why I think it was like we can lose one and absorb this new kid who's going to be fucking good. He's not going to put up 20 goals, but he'll put up 15, 16, 17. Not didn't work out the way we wanted, but man, I tell you, throughout the year, especially when he came back from injury, I really like neighbor's game. At the end of the season, he's got, he's got a uh, he's got a nose for the net, which I love. He's not willing to back down to anybody, which I love. And you put all that together with the scoring touch, I could really see him having a pretty good year next year. Yep. Uh, I just hope he he develops into more than uh, a third line guy. You know, since he plays a little physical, since he doesn't back down to players, uh, I'd like to see him develop into more than just a third-line guy with hands, you know? Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. I'll make the comparison. It's funny to make this comparison because I was, for those that listen to the show, no, I was never really a big Jaden Schwartz fan. Mm-hmm. I could see him being like a Jaden Schwartz, like yeah. a guy that you can put on your first line but is probably better served as a second-line winger. If he's that and put up 50, 60 points, I think that's a great uh, addition for the Blues. That's exactly who I think of when I think Jake Neighbors at his peak. It'll He'll be a Jaden Schwartz 2.0. If, uh, so the question is, if you could pick one player to have a career next season, I think I took that as a prediction and not if I could pick anybody. Yes, you're having a career year. I make it so. Because if that if I if if I'm like anointing somebody, yes, you're having that's gonna be Pareko. I think that he I think he is the key to this defense. If he oh figures it out, 
and has a rebound season and plays fantastic next season, that does so much for the defense. But uh, I picked a guy who I think will have a career next season, and that's Cairo. I think after everything that's been said this season about him, I, at least I hope uh, he does. After everything's been said uh, in the news recently, I think as far as him not being responsible defensively, uh, I think I hope I would hope that an effort there is made to take that next step to be that more uh, uh, moving towards a more round, well-rounded player, as well as putting up a lot of points and, and becoming more valuable uh, a player uh, on both ends of the ice. Speaking of breakout. Clem Costin just scored his first NHL playoff goal. Uh, what's the what's the score in the Edmonton LA game? Three two Edmonton. What a period? Second, I believe. Okay. I will turn that on when this uh, Minnesota uh, third. I'm sorry, it's the third period. Oh. Seventeen minutes left. Okay. Uh, playoff matchups to watch, guys. Uh, who you who you uh, which what series are you most interested in watching? Um, series I'm most interested in is the only one that I've watched so far, and that's Dallas and Minnesota. Um, just too busy. Um, why I'm going to drop here in a minute. Um, I have not slept hardly at all this week. Um, <laughs> but work, work, work. Um, way too much work. Um, but yeah, the this is this is a highly entertaining series. I mean, ten goals in this game. Uh, I did not stay up for the double overtime wild win. I did. Um, really pissed me off when I woke Glorious. up and saw there was Ryan Hartman. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. good. Um, <laughs> yep. But uh, this, this one's really good. Uh, I'm going to do my best to, to check out the, the Kraken avalanche game tomorrow night. Cause oof, uh, Philip Grubauer. That was a great game last night. Honestly. <laughs> um, no, I, for me, uh, it's Toronto, Tampa. Um, just because, and I, I don't know. It, I'm going to call it. And I'm going to be wrong. After the game last night, I think Tampa wins this in four. And oh, to see to no, see the explosion no. in Toronto, yes, give it to me. That's the series to watch. Uh, they don't have the goaltending. Toronto does not have NHL goaltending. Well, uh, how many times do you see a team get blown out in a playoff series, though, and come back and win the next game, though, too? So. I, yeah. Well, I, and I'll say I agree with you. I think I, Toronto and Tampa Bay—that's that's the series that I'm most interested in watching, um, just because of the circus that is surrounding Toronto and all the pressure that's on them to win this year. Because they went all they went in for it this year to to win it, and it was in a year where it's going to be a dog fight to get out of the East. So uh, it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm 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 all for and and to see them implode in Game One. What was the score? Seven to three, six to two, whatever it was. I don't even remember. O'Reilly scored a power play goal. Yeah, but... I I will say I I will put O'Reilly up for two goals tomorrow night. Okay. Oh, there you go. So they'll lose w- seven to two. It wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if if the if the Maple Leafs win uh, next game. Uh, wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, they they almost have to. I mean, they're at home. You can't lose two home games unless you're the Blues <laughs> in the playoffs. The first two. <laughs> Uh, or, I'm sorry, the Blues won two on the road and lost those series against Chicago and uh, L.A. That sucks so bad. Uh, okay, uh, off-season predictions. Uh, guys, uh, what's what's an off-season prediction that you think the Blues are going to make? Uh, I'll say that um, we're going to unload one defensive contract and it's probably not going to be something that we wind up 
totally enjoying. But I think one of those contracts will get moved. Jeff? Uh, Logan Brown, name captain. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, uh, for me, I, I still think, I know we read the comments here from Armstrong. I think all three picks get moved and the blues get moved. They move up now. Clearly if the, Hey, if, if they get the number one or number two pick out of this draft lottery, that's not the case, but man, I really think that if, if Armstrong is dangling the number nine or 10 pick with his two picks later in the draft, maybe you only make one selection, but if that's the fifth selection, I think you do it. Uh, man, that'd be, that'd be, I, I love, you know, uh, chaos and intrigue and, uh, all that junk. So yeah, give me, give me a headline news to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is, I say Scandella gets bought out and we don't make as many moves as fans want. So it's kind of like a two, like, like Scandella, Scandella getting bought out is like the move. I think, you know, Armstrong says he wants, uh, flexibility with the cap, right? He wants, uh, he, right now they have four million to spend, and he wants like a couple of million, uh, a million plus to play with. Uh, so I think if he buys out Scandella, that gives him a little more flexibility, that which he may want. So to to do another, make another move. So I think that's what uh, has to be done. Scandella is a if you don't buy out Scandella, you're never going to buy out anybody. There's no reason not to buy him out. So. I agree. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And that that may be the move that you know that you know fulfills my prediction as well. Yes, yes. Well, we shall see. And Bill, you got to take off. I am. So, right. boys, great season. Yep. For for the show, not for the blues. Uh, but uh yeah looking forward to um you know the the summer series shows and you know um getting my picks in a little more timely next time less than three minutes to spare but uh yeah thanks thanks for bringing it all season boys um it's it's been a lot of fun um and uh yeah we'll uh maybe see you in some discord chats during yes. the playoffs. Yes. We should have mentioned that yeah. as an announcement. Actually, we missed that. Uh, yeah, we're going to be using, I'd like to use discord more, especially in the playoffs here, just to go walk in, just to go in and chat about the playoffs, live games going on and just, that'd be fun. Yeah, we'll do that. And again, with the summer series coming up again, folks, this is not the end. We still have shows every week. Yep. Now it might not be live, but we do still have them. So, Bill, I will uh, invite you on, and Kurt, obviously, too, for when we do our reveals for who's on the all-time team. Um, so those will be pre-recorded for the most part. Might do a couple live. We'll see. Uh, but either way, Bill, I know you'll be back plenty this summer, but great season to you. Uh, get some fucking rest, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Stop working so much, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Excellent. Thanks, Leave boys. Late. How the guy in college always, uh, instead of saying later, it's a late. You ever hear that? Late? Yeah, no. it, was, it was a guy in my hockey no. in the hockey team at Carbondale, uh, like leaving the locker room. He'd say, "Hi right, guys, late," and he'd leave. I'm like, "You're not. You're later." I I don't know anybody who ever said late. 
I don't know if it's a regional thing. I I say I so I recently to my wife I said I got you, fam. She had no idea what that was. Have you heard that I before? I got you, fam. Fam, F A M. Yeah. I don't know. Like if if you were like uh, you know, hey Jeff, can you do the editing for the show tomorrow? I'd be like, yeah, I got you, fam. I take that as short for family. I guess that's not right. That's because you're my man. That's what that means. Yeah, basically, basically like how we used to say. Yeah, you're my guy. You're my man. Apparently, that's what fam is now. Like, you call someone fam, that means like you're close friends okay. or you're basically as close as family. Is that is that on the TikToks? Is that where that is? I <laughs> I I think it's on Friendster actually. <laughs> MySpace. All right. <laughs> um, oh, what did the what did the let's see who was that? Um, it was uh, winning limited. Blues need, sorry, Blues need prospect depth. I think the Blues make three first round picks. I was gonna mention that I thought that might be the case too. I think uh, you had said that you thought that Armstrong might package his picks and and move up. And I think, yeah, I mean that's my my crazy off the cuff prediction. Yeah. I don't know if it's no. actually gonna happen. Right. No, I, yeah. I get it. But I but I was thinking when I when my first I didn't want to prolong it because I know Bill wanted to leave, but um I was thinking in a year there was a deep draft, you know, where you're gonna get some pretty good players maybe at each position. You know, maybe maybe you keep those picks. I don't know. It depends it depends on who's available and what it takes to get them. You know, if a player falls a couple spots and the blues want can get him at like five or six, you know how much, what's going to take. So, well, I'm, I'm, I'm all for Armstrong being aggressive, super aggressive with the way things went. So, uh, the season. Yep. Me too. No, and honestly, uh, in a normal hockey situation, winning unlimited, I would agree with you hundred percent, but I just, I really feel like there is pressure on this team, even with all the trades this year to win very soon again. Yeah. Well, and I, I, so I could see them going the way of, well, we can make these three picks and stock the cupboard, or we have an offer on the table to trade all three and get a player who's ready next season. I could see them. Yeah, I, it, it depends on who it is. It depends on who it is, how much they like him. You know, if it's a top five pick, um, you know, and they think this guy's going to come in and he's going to be a game changer for us. Um, you know, that might be worth it. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, moving a defenseman. Armstrong said he's not guaranteeing it won't happen, but not a lot of core players move in the NHL. He said he'll be active uh, to see if he can improve the team. Um, the Blues currently have uh, $6.7 million in cap space, and he wants to have some flexibility, so that means he'll have about $4.2 million to spend, which gives him about two point four in flexibility, which is more than he had this year. He had like a million this year. Yeah, well... They know they they were going for a cup this year, so I think I think that's kind of the point with Stillman now is like, hey, I'm still willing to spend a lot of money, but I'm not spending the cap if we're not going for a cup. Well, which I wouldn't blame him as an owner. I'd be like, I'd agree with that. Well, like, yeah, spend as less much as spend as little money as possible yeah. right now. Well, Armstrong's, Armstrong's always wanted to have, you know, when you say spend to the cap, they're not like you know they only have fifty bucks left over. It's you know. He wants flexibility to be able to bring players up, send them down, you know, and to fill out a roster and not go over the cap, you know, in case of injury or whatever. So I think that's flexibility in that regard, where it's like, oh, okay, we got to, you know, just some flexibility to actually not have to play a man short. 
which teams well, yeah, occasionally and, do. And they, they've done that, and we've seen yep. other teams have to do that. Yep. Uh, I think Vegas last year, didn't they have to play with 16 players? They missed two? I believe so. And they, and they a number of yeah. games where they missed, they had to sit one. Yeah. Uh, free agency. Um, well, real oh, yeah. quick, sorry, uh, with the movie defense, but I do have one thing. Um, basically, uh, he says, I, I liked his comment he actually made. When he said uh, he's not guaranteeing it won't happen, but not a lot of core players move the NHL. He actually elaborated on that a little bit too and said, yeah, not a lot of core players move the NHL, but we've moved some out and we've acquired some. And I just think that's funny because it's true. You think about it. Brayden Shen's a core player right now, right? They got him in a trade at at the, at the draft. Um, Well, he also moved out Ryan O'Reilly. They moved out Tarasenko. When when you give teams first round draft picks, you know, you, you can get core players. Right. You know. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I uh I just I love that because I thought, you know, if there's any GM in the NHL who can move yeah in or out core players, it's fucking Doug Armstrong. And I'm telling you what, I, I love having Armstrong as a GM. I know that he built the defense and so he's got to try and fix it. You know, he made the bed, he's got to sleep in it, so he's got to fix it now too. So but I like the fact that he's the GM and he's a guy that's aggressive. He may he'll make moves. Um whether or not they're the right move <laughs> uh, remains to be seen. You know, it's it's hit or miss with every move the GM makes. But uh, I do like the fact that he's not afraid to make a move. Uh, some GMs get uh, cold feet or whatever. Or they don't want to get too tentative. I don't think Armstrong's that way. I think uh, I think he'll uh, he's going to do something this offseason. Uh, he probably wants to do more than actually do. So we'll see what happens. Ken Morris says, any predictions on uh, on what players are not back next year? Which we'll actually talk about that I was, a little bit. I I say I put that up there because I was going to say we will be talking about that very yep. soon. So stay yep. tuned. Uh, free agency. Armstrong said we're not going to be a major player in free agency unless things change. And if things change, that means cap space is open. He said so. As of today, no, we're not going to be a major player. But stay tuned. But stay tuned. It gets me. Uh, I mean that to me that just that's a kind of a canned answer uh, as far as Armstrong goes. I know he doesn't give canned answers, but to me, it's we don't have a lot of money to spend and we're not exactly a cup contender next year. It's a no-brainer answer. So what do you it, fucking want me to yeah, say? Yeah, right. It's And yeah, if they buy out Scandella and if they get a, a defenseman to waive a no trade, then we're talking. But until that happens, you know, I don't, you know, we'll see. I, I, think, I think this team is going to the most moves it's going to make is going to be involving either their first round draft picks or trades involving the first round draft picks around uh, the entry draft. You know, I, I don't, I, free agency is kind of a, the blues are never big in free agency. Anyway, they're never, no. they never sign big name free agents. I rarely do. I can't say never they have, but it's not often. I mean, as far as my days go, I guess the biggest in Korea. And it's weird to say this because yeah, yeah, Korea because yeah. he was not very good here. But well, he was past his prime. He's probably the biggest free agent they've ever signed, at least in, oh, in my. I era. remember Davidson saying that uh, John Davidson saying that they they were like celebrating, partying when he when Korea said he would sign here, and it was like, yeah, well, you you missed him by a couple of years. I was gonna say, I mean, end of his Predators days, he was looking a little yeah. rough. So, I mean, he was fine. He used to put up like sixty points. He was okay. He was okay. He was, fine. he was okay. But yeah, I mean, so to me, 
you know, Perron and Bozak turned out to be huge signings yeah. in 2019, as well as Maroon. But to me, at the end of the day, we don't, you know, there's not going to be a signing to me. Like, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, Tavares was available. No. Last year, people were talking about Malkin being available. Like, the Blues are never in on those. It's It's usually the signings of, that was a great signing, but we didn't know it then. We know it's six months later. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, <coughs> Armstrong, uh, Armstrong, Ruther- Jim Rutherford of The Athletic, um, friend of the show, Jeremy Rutherford, friend of the show. Uh, labeled the Blues players from untouchable to so long in an article in The Athletic. And again, if you haven't subscribed to The Athletic, um, they run deals uh, often, uh, periodically, whatever, uh, like a buck a month. Uh, for the athletic is well worth it. I mean, you get the best blues coverage from Rutherford uh, and, uh, and other teams. Best hockey, best coverage. hockey coverage. Yeah. It's they, great. They've got some of the best hockey writers yep. in the industry yep. um, and other sports. Uh, Katie, Wu, Katie, Wu. right? She, she works. For yeah. That. She's, she's fantastic for the Cardinals. She's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so uh, there he had categories of untouchable, too important to trade cheap and valuable. So probably staying put. We like them. But we'll listen, make an offer, maybe moving on, and so long. <laughs> so he lists as untouchable. And I think when JR mentions untouchable, he's talking about players that simply won't be traded. Not that Rutherford is uh, <laughs> Armstrong is going to refuse yeah, I, to trade him, right? I think all I think Armstrong would agree with us on our take on the word untouchable. Yes. Like it's not really untouchable. Not They're happen. guys we don't want to move. Yeah. But if you offer me Connor McDavid and Leon right. Dreisaitl right. for Buchnevich right. and Thomas, right. we'll take right. it. They're, they're not going anywhere in, in just simple right. terms. Uh Buchnevich, Thomas, Shen, Falk, Hofer. And it's funny to see a backup goal listed as as untouchable. Uh, but I get it, right? He's the at the end of the season, not even a backup goalie, an right? AHL goalie. He, he's he's <laughs> the next guy in net, yeah. uh, and we can't lose that because you can't, you know, that's he's a he's a key cog moving forward uh, in the years ahead. So um, I understand why he's there. Uh, any any, and I actually i've I've started to think more lately that um, that's why they're okay with just letting Huso go, like. Right. Yeah, they knew what they had in Hofer. I I think a lot of people at the time were like, "Oh my God, they're just relying on all this with Bennington." Yeah, I think it's more we got this Hofer kid coming up. We think he's the real deal. We don't need who so. Right. No, I agree. Uh, any any issues with any of those uh, players being uh, quote untouchable? I mean, not really. I mean, it makes sense to me. I mean, again, the biggest one that stands out is Hofer. Um, right. but it it. It makes sense. I mean, Bennington's on uh, what he's got four years left on his deal. Yes, or uh, is it, I'll look it up. It is three or four. I want to say it's four, but yeah, you're right. It, it is four. It is four. That, yeah, four years left on his deal, and you know, you got to figure at that point when that deal's up, as long as it works out the way we think it will, either Bennington moves on at that point, or he stays on as the one B or the backup. Because um, at that point, I think it's Hofer's job, and that's what they're envisioning. So again, even though he's kind of the weirdest one to see up there, I think it makes total sense. Uh, in the too important to trade category, that's where Cairo and Bennington slot in, according to Rutherford. Um, I think Bennington, and again, I'm good with that. Yeah, and I think the Bennington one's going to piss off the Bennington haters. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm. I think he's perfect right there. Um, yep. And Kyrie too. You know, Kyrie is a guy that uh, he's not going to get traded. He's he's too important to the future, but he's not untouchable either. If that makes sense. So he's got this listed as too important to trade. I think. Um, you could also list this these two as lightning rods. Yes. Right? Yeah, right? Because my God, these are the two biggest debated players on the roster. So can but I'm with them. I think he's right. hundred percent. Ken and Kamora said uh, love JR. Enjoyed his online chats when he was with the St. Louis Post. He still does those. Um his uh Yep, does it for the athletic. Like, yep. Yep. Um and he cheap and valuable, so probably staying put category. He's got a number of players. Uh, Blay, Kapanen, Neighbors, Verana, Torpchenko, Walker, Rosen, Tucker, Alexandrov, Brunovich. It's quite a few. Um, looking through this and glazing it over, cheap and valuable, so probably staying put. Um, those are also guys that are easily traded too, if they're cheap and yep. valuable. Uh, but probably, you know, like like Blay. It, Blay is interesting because he's valuable here. But I wonder if he's valuable anywhere else. Um, not valuable in not, New York, I'll New tell you York. that. <laughs> um, he hasn't proven to be able to be able to score anywhere else except for St. Louis. Um, but, uh, you know, so I, I get it. Um, Kapanen, um, yeah. I, I, how valuable that remains to be seen. But yeah, I, I look at this. I look at this list of players that you just said, cheap and valuable, so probably staying put. I look at that list of players as. If we get a good deal yeah. and these guys are included, we'll move them. Yeah, but that's but probably not going to happen. We're not going to be like yeah. calling other teams and saying, hey, we got this Rosen kid available. Are you interested? You know what, though? It's yeah. if they're involved in a trade, we're definitely. And I've said this before. I worry about Rosen being tossed aside in a trade and being picked up by another team and flourishing there. You know, like like we've seen a couple of the Blues defensemen, uh, one in Detroit. Wallman and and one in uh, Seattle with Dunn. Um, I I don't think this team appreciates Rosen as much as m- probably they should, in my opinion. You know, that's just me talking. I, I I I know a lot of people might not think he's anything that valuable, but I think he is, and I really hope this team gives him a look next season. I know they've talked about you know Tucker's in this list too. I think Rutherford in this in his article mentioned that Tucker, they think is valuable, he adds toughness, which I agree. But I don't like him more than Rosen as a defenseman. He has a lot more no. toughness. I think Rosen's a much better defenseman. Um, yeah. So I, I I don't understand. I think Rosen's a good puck. I mover. do too. On a team on a team of defensemen that are basically all puck movers, he's one of my favorites. He puts up points, and he's 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 pretty good defensively. He's a good plus minus guy. You know, plus minus isn't a great stat anymore to use, but it's still it's still relevant in some degree. Um, but right. they seem, but the team almost like the way Rutherford talks, it's almost like the, the, the Tucker is, is ahead of Rosen on the depth chart in some respects, which I don't like. I don't, I don't like that at all. I yeah. think Rosen has, I think Rosen I is a talented skater. He's a talented player. Tucker's tough. I don't think he's as, as I mean, when you're replacing talent with toughness, and that's when you get into problems. So I'd yeah. rather see Rosen get the nod as a third pairing next season or the seventh guy at least um, over Tucker. We'll see. Um, the rest of this, Prunovich is interesting because I think they had hopes for him to actually be a player this season with the Blues and he had that injury. 
And I just said, well, we'll stick you back in Springfield and let you finish it out. Um, next season is, I think, a, a big season for him uh, to try and make this team. I'd love to see him make this team. Um, but how many, you know, Krugs do you need on this team? Right? Because he's... Well, <laughs> later in the list, we'll talk about Tory Krug. But if he goes, I think that's a very nice position for Brunovich to put him right and that's the only reason that and i i think i like krug more than most people i i get the criticism but i i like his upside but i think he had a bad year um i I, but the only reason i would be oh i'd be like okay hey that's fine uh we move krug if he waves his no trade clause and we can actually move him for something uh prunovich can step in as long as he stays healthy Right, I'd like to see a guy step into Krug's spot that can stay healthy because Krug can't, apparently. Yeah, I agree. So, but Prunovich is kind of in that boat too. He hasn't proven he can stay healthy, so he's got to prove that. Again, that shot he took in Chicago that knocked him out for pretty much the entire season. Yeah, I'm like, how does that happen? That was nothing. It was kind of fluky, and he got his elbow Very up weird. Fluky. Yeah. Yep. You don't brace for hits that way. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you don't put your elbow out when you brace for a hit. You're gonna jam something serious. No. Uh, in the we like them but we'll listen category, uh, only a couple, Pareko and Saad. Um, I guess you can't put Saad in the cheap and valuable because he's not cheap. Um, yeah. He's not too important to trade. Um, That's a good spot not, for him. He's not untouchable. It's a, it's, a, it's a good spot for him if you're going to label these categories this way. Um, yeah, we like him, but we'll listen. I think that's fair. And, Pareko, and I like Sad. He was getting a lot of trouble earlier in the chat. I can't remember who that was. I don't know if you saw that. Uh-uh. Somebody early in the show was talking about how much they hated Sod and they want him gone. Oh, and how come? Because they say he's a top six guy. Only had what thirty eight points this year or whatever. Um, a lot of that was injury, so keep that in mind too. But and a lot of it was this team was awful. A lot of it was he was on O'Reilly's line, and O'Reilly was awful. But either way. I like Saad. Um, I I'm okay with them in this role. The same thing with uh, Pareko. We like them, but we'll listen. Yeah, uh, Pareko finished the season pretty strong, but if he's moved this summer, I won't be crying. Um, Saad had 49 points last season, um, and that was the most he had since uh, 18, 19 in Chicago, um, where he had. I'm sorry, the most he had since. Uh, what 16 17 in Columbus 53 so um 49 was fine last year for him um i guess and you know i you could you know he had it down here offensively but the entire team kind of what did. how many points did he have this year 37 37 okay 19 goals yeah. 18 assists he was only, I how mean, many games? one shy of a 20 goal guy 71 okay so, so he missed like, a little more than i thought yeah i missed like 11 games but still to me he's not your one left wing is your two at the very best. Excuse me, very best. Uh, Pavel Buch, uh, yeah, Buchnevich. Well, he might be moving to center, but going into the year, yeah, Buchnevich was your one left wing. He's your two. And again, I think if this team performs the way they did last year, he's putting up a lot more points than he did. Well, I think Saad, you know, Saad makes four and a half. And I, this, you know, last season was about the kind of season he's typically always had. You know, this year obviously down a little bit, uh, twelve less points than last season. Um, he also missed uh, a few more games, but 
Uh, so I, I think he is where he's supposed to be. Sad. He's not making seven or eight million. He's making four and a half. Um, and he's under contract for uh, where is he? For uh, three more seasons. So I think I think you know age might uh, creep into it because he's he's thirty right now. So at the tail end of this contract, it might come in. Thirty three is not not old. So I'm. I don't know. I, I'm I'm fine with Saad. Four point five million for what how he produces. Um, he's like quietly good, you know. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I love him on the penalty kill. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's very yeah. sneaky and and quick on the PK. Uh, Ken Morris says I like Saad, but he seemed lazy or not interested sometimes. Um, and and this season, and I don't want to, you know. I I mean I'm not going to disagree with you. I he may have I, but. Could that also be a byproduct of the fact that this team sucked this year? Yeah, very <laughs> and, true. You know, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm not, I'm not trying to make excuses for him. Um, just trying to you know reasons maybe. Uh, I will still stand by. I think he's an upgrade over Schwartz on this roster in Seattle. I, I'm sure Schwartz is great. They love him, but to me, I again not a Schwartz fan. When they signed Sod, I loved it. It was cheaper than Schwartz. And I think he provides just as much, if not more, he's a, than what yeah. he does. He's a 20-goal guy. Yeah. Know? And as long as he continues to be a 20-goal guy, um, I have no problem paying him 4.5. Yep. So, um, And he's, you know, there's no controversy with him as far as his back-checking goes, <laughs> necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Uh, all right. So, uh, and, and Pareko is in this list, too. And I, and I think that's... Uh, maybe generous, you know, we like him, but we'll listen. Maybe it's under make an offer. Uh, a lot of fans would probably like to see him in that category and the category below where Krug and Letty are, but then you're putting three defensemen down there. Um, three, three of your top four. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it says it all right. in the make an offer category. I mean, you almost have to wonder if this is Rutherford really playing into Armstrong's hand of, Okay, we're trying to move these guys. Let's not put all these guys at the bottom of your list. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think I think Pareko is probably. I mean, the the franchise may like Pareko, uh, and I, they do. They I mean, they're they're going to be patient with him, and uh, so and they like him more than Krug and Letty. Obviously, he's gonna he's gonna, he's here longer. He's so, here longer. He's a homegrown talent too. Yeah, they didn't get that with Krug and Letty. Right. So I I get it. Um, under make an offer, you got Krug and Letty, which um, four years left on Krug's deal. <laughs> Do you have so, any problem with them being at make an offer? No. If no, either of those guys are not on the team next year, I'm celebrating. I don't care what they get in return. You're freeing up money. Yeah, and it's not, uh, yeah, and it's not, they're freeing up money. I mean, God, if they can move Krug and bring in Prunovich, what does Prunovich make? Because Krug makes. Oh, Krug makes six point five. He's on his first deal still, I think. So I think he's yeah. only making like one, maybe. Let's see if I can find him. Uh, Prunovich is making seven fifty. Yeah, he's like league minimum. So, which is surprising a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I and so and only because you have Prunovich to uh, to fill in that slot, which I think that has to be something that. Armstrong is is thinking about, gosh, if I move Krug, we have Prunovich to move to to slot slot in. Um, don't even have to a- acquire a replacement for Krug on defense because you have that guy in Prunovich. So that would save money. Agree. 
That's I what I'm saying. You, I think you move either of those guys and bring in Perunovic, Letty. and you're yeah. saving money. And I think you're even possibly upgrading if Perunovic can step in and play the way we think he can. And Letty has three years left on his deal. <laughs> yeah. God, so, awful signing. I. Well, okay. We we said this, this a million times yeah. that we agreed with the signing at the time. I understand the signing. And, and I understand it too, but now it is not looking like a good signing. Well, we all we all understood acquiring him. Yes, we didn't like the length of the contract. No, and the no trade clause that was we hated that. The no I trade li- is ridiculous. Yeah, I I was like two years. Now, whatever that'd have been nice to get it for two years with no no trade clause, or even two years with no trade. That'd have been okay. But four years and a no trade, come on! Terrible. I, yeah, I didn't. I, if I, you need to give him more term just so you can stretch out that money a little bit more, cool. But yeah, you can't do both. You can't give him a no trade and give him a long contract. That's right. awful. Right. Uh, maybe moving on. You got Pitlick, Bertuzzo, and Scandella. So I to me, I mean, I'm putting Scandella in the definitely gone category. I so I don't think he plays another game as a blue. Well, he's got a seven. It's a seven team. Uh, he submits a, a list of seven teams if they're going to trade him because he has that He'll get that, lim- that limited no trade clause. He'll get waived. Uh, like he's, I think no matter what, he's gone. So he gets waived first, and then when no one claims him, they buy him out. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, that's what they do, right? They waive for the intention of a buyout. Sometimes. So I, I could see that, yeah. Or just sure. waived and it, they don't want to buy him out. Just say, okay, enjoy Springfield. Like, I don't I don't think we'll see him as a blue again. Well, he's got one he's got one uh, year left on his contract. So that's yeah. – if somebody does want a depth defenseman for one year and they don't mind paying – was it three and a half? What is he making? Three point two seven five. You know, I mean, if you got money to spend, if you got cap space, you need a depth defenseman. Maybe they'll they take a flyer on him. But I, I guess I'll stand up. Ken's asking what Blues player is on my T-shirt. Oh yeah, does that make it pretty obvious? Yep, looks like uh, Shane Corson to me. Shane Corson, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, no, Wayne Gretzky. It's a Wayne Gretzky shirt. It's a got Wayne Gretzky. This- I remember shirt. buying this at J.C. Penny. Wow. I really do. It was a right after he got traded here. It was about a week and a half after the trade. We were at J.C. Penny, and I looked over and saw that shirt from like like way across the way. And I'm like, "Mom, I want that shirt." And she's like, "Jeffrey, no, we're going here." And I'm like, "I don't care. I want that shirt." And we went over and bought it. <laughs> he won't sign here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he won't re-sign here. <laughs> do you know who our GM is? <laughs> uh so uh yeah a uh, Pitlick and Bertuzzo also on that list. Um Bertuzzo was I mean Bertuzzo's been here for a long time. He's been here for uh let's pull it up. Longest tenure Where blue, he? right? He is. And it's been ten years. No uh nine two thousand fifteen, I believe. Let's see, he's been with the blues. Uh, where is it? I'm going to say February 2015. Nine years. Nine years. Uh, 420 games played for the Blues. Nine seasons. 
So. I said what February 2015. I'm gonna look it up right now when that trade happened. You're a little little shy. Uh, as Price is Right rules, you did pretty good. You did not overbid. I did not. I said ten, and then I said nine. So I, I, my first was overbidding. March 2015. Oh, Very March close. Second. We said sixteen. Oh, so close. No, I said fifteen. I said fifteen. I did. Oh, you did. Um. So, and then Pitlick's on this list. I have no problem with. Um, yeah, he was fine. I actually hope he gets another NHL contract. But yeah, I, he's nothing to write home about. It kind of a dime. I mean, he's, he's a serviceable guy. Diamond doesn't yeah. play. I mean, he can play. He's just he's just not worth keeping at the expense of somebody else. This might be cheaper. Um, and then in the so long category, you have Brown, Levo, and Grice. Grice, the writing was on the wall a while back. Everyone knew it. Um, Levo, fine. You can't go into the season with him in your in your starting lineup, no. uh, right? And then Brown, I think Logan Brown. I I'll say going into the year, I was not nearly as negative as on him as literally everybody else was. I was like, okay, he doesn't have the speed, but as a fourth line guy, maybe he'll contribute. Dude, by the end of the season, I'm like, what is this guy doing on NHL ice? He was, you know, it's so weird. He was bad. It's so weird because early on his career here, after we acquired him, um, he was he was inconsistent, but he was when he was good, he was good. You know, when he was on, he was on. He's always scoring some goals. uh, Looks good, getting a lot of chances. but that just slowly faded away, and now it's just like he's invisible on the ice. And when you notice him, he's he's turning the puck over, uh, not making a play. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I I'm I'm you know it was a nice experiment. They gave him a shot. He was a eleventh overall pick. Um, St. Louis boy. St. Louis boy. I get it. Give him a shot. Give him every opportunity. Um, it was ex- a little exciting for a little while, thinking, "Hey, we might have something here," and then he just fizzled and and couldn't. Uh, I did, I honestly like. I tried when he was on the ice. I'm like, I'm going to watch and see him do something great. He didn't do anything this year, and I mean, great as in a good stick check. Like yeah. I didn't see anything from him, and I'm like. If any NHL team signs him and expects anything at this point, you're doing it wrong. I'm sorry to say it, man. I I root for him. He's a St. Louis boy. I will always root for him. Oh, dude. Not an NHL talent. Uh, Lawrence Frazier says, Logan Brown is Jeff Brown's son, right? Correct. That is correct. He's, friend he's of the Jeff, show, Jeff Brown. Fr- friend of the show, Jeff Brown. Had him on the show. That was, I, I told you that, Jeff. That was one of, I've listened to that on the way to the Ozarks. Uh, the interview that you did with uh, Jeff Brown, and uh, I just remember enjoying that one uh, more than most. I don't for some reason it was a good interview. He uh, uh, was very lively and gave some go- great like background information on playing for the Blues, like more than a lot of players did when I had them on. So you got yeah, listen. To, he was awesome. You got to listen to that, and then the Greg Millen interview. Yes, both because were two of my favorites <laughs> traded for each other. Yep, so funny. We need to get that guy. Okay, we'll trade you for him. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, right. Literally what happened. Yeah, yeah. Greg Miller, we got to go get Jeff Brown. He's good. Okay. Hey, we got Jeff Brown. All right, sweet. We traded you for okay, him. Okay, but you got <laughs> traded to Quebec. <laughs> yeah. What? 
So funny. <laughs> um, I don't know how that's happened. Oh, I'm sure it's happened another time before, but <laughs> for it to be documented on this show makes me very happy. Um, all right, so that uh, that concludes uh, the list that Rutherford put together, the athletic. So, and he gives a breakdown of uh, his, his explanations and why he plays players the way he did. So, uh, go check that out uh, in more detail. Go check out the athletic for sure. The athletic, yep. Um, and. Uh, Wrapping up uh, before we get to our final segment here, uh, we're going to talk about uh, some some a few little playoff uh, game stuff. Well, first of all, do you want to give a nice little shout out to Center that, Ice Brewery very quickly? Well, that's what I was going to do. I said before we do the playoff stuff, I was going to give a shout out to Center Ice Brewery. I'm the worst <laughs> co-host ever. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> do you not understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Clearly not. <laughs> uh, no, Center Ice Brewery, uh, great. Uh, sponsor had them for gosh, was this three years now? I want right. to say they came on right at the same time as Dustin, if not right before. Might be. We had them. We had Center Ice when Manscaped was still here, and we had Dustin with Manscaped as well. So okay, yeah, yeah. two to two to three years, somewhere in that range. Yeah, and Center Ice uh, Brewery uh, when they had the uh, tap room open, the brewery open to uh, the public and uh, hanging out there, watching blues games. Uh, so much fun, uh, bringing food in, hanging out, uh, playing bubble hockey, um, drinking their beer. It was good stuff. Um, and I know that they're working on uh, finding a new place for to brew beer, but their brew, their beer is still being brewed. Uh, is it Charleville brewery? I think it is that they're, uh, that's helping them brew beer. I think that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. The one in St. Genevieve. Um, I think that's where it is. Yeah, I think. Don't hold me to that. But uh, but their beer is still being brewed. You can find their beer, you know, uh, numerous places around St. Louis. Uh, just check around. Uh, it's good stuff. Uh, good hockey themed beer. They have fun can to show off when you're done. Put it on a shelf when you're done drinking it. Right. Some good artwork. Some hockey artwork on those cans. But uh, I know they're they. Uh, I know uh, um, um, Steve Albers has started a new venture with uh, uh, on his uh, YouTube site on his Facebook page too, about, uh, documenting, you know, uh, his, his, uh, time and, and what he's doing now and, uh, his experience as a uh, opening the brewery and things like that. So it's, uh, he's kind of going that route right now is uh, while they're lost looking for a brewery for, uh, to house their, their beer. Hopefully they get a place, you know, in the same kind of area they were before, like, you know, downtown or, or uh, Central West End, or somewhere, somewhere around this, you know, uh, somewhere that you could take a shuttle to the game, right? That'd be kind of nice. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, Sunrise uh, is a very fun sponsor. I think if they fit right in with, I mean, obviously with this show. I mean, we've had Steve on the show. Great guy. Um. So yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, what Sunrise has to bring uh, in the years to come too, because I know that they're they're eventually going to get back in a brewery. So. Uh, and actually a uh, brick and mortar store. You can walk in and get yep. their beer. So yeah, that'll be yeah, fun. I know Friar, a lot of Friar Tucks in the areas have them. Um, I want to say even, I know the uh, a one liquor by me out in South County has them. Uh, but there's a lot of places out, out in the areas that have them centerizebrewery.com go there. You can find where their beer is at, uh, on their locations page. Yep. Um, let's see. Rapid fire tidbits from the NHL. Uh, I got some 
I mean, we talked about some playoff series already that we'd like to watch, which kind of, I guess, really covered this to some degree. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I guess let me just ask you from what we've seen. So we've seen a couple game twos now, but mostly game ones. Um, what's stood out to you? Well, tr- Toronto imploding versus Tampa Bay. And then uh, <laughs> I, 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 you know, that was just like, I, I don't know whether to laugh or cry for Toronto. It's just, it's just like, it's like a, it's like a car wreck. You just can't, he's like, yeah, I can't look away because it's Toronto. I'm like either, either they win and it's a huge story or they lose and it's a huge story and the fans are going ballistic. It's, it's like, it, it doesn't matter what happens with Toronto. It's fascinating. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah. I, I, I was listening to the uh, friends of the show, the puck podcast uh, this past week. And one of the things that Doug Stolhan said, which I 100% agreed with because uh, uh, Matt Murray is still out. And even with Matt Murray, if Sam Sonov doesn't get the job done, who the fuck do you go to? Even with Matt Murray in the lineup, do you really go to Matt Murray or do you go to that? uh, What's his name? Justin Wool? Like, yeah, he was backing up. Who do you go to? He, he came in Sam the game. Sonos pulled, and guess what? Sam Sonov does not have a good first game. Neither does the, the Toronto defense, to be honest. So they get put in wool, and you lose. You give up seven goals. I mean, well, yeah, because Sam Sonov started, and then and Wool came in, and uh, yeah, he, he Wool's numbers this year actually pretty good. Nine three two save percentage, two one six GAA. Only played in seven games. Right, so. unproven goalie. Six um, wins, one loss. So he, I mean, he looked he, in, in limited time this season. He had a nice little run, but yeah, right. And we've seen well, clearly Blues fans know we've seen goalies with no playoff experience go on crazy runs. So you think maybe he just takes it and runs with it, but you can't rely on that. And with Sam Son- Samsonov having a bad first game. Toronto right now is shuffling. Like, what do we do in goal? Like, what's the, what do we do? Well, Sam Sonov got the bulk of the starts for Toronto this season. He started 42 and Matt Murray started 26. Um, and Sam Sonov was, you know, 919 save percentage, 233 GAA. But his playoff numbers have nope. been bad in the past. Yeah. Well, I am, but I'm saying that, that he's playing behind a very good team. So right. you don't. It's kind of like the you don't have to be a you shouldn't have to be a great goalie uh, to win. But then again, in the playoffs, you, you know, you're in the East, you're playing great teams. You're playing Tampa Bay. You're gonna play Boston. You're gonna play uh, Carolina, maybe whoever. You know, there's a whole there's a, a gauntlet of of fantastic teams you got to get through um, if you want to go anywhere in the playoffs. And Samsonov's. I look at his playoff numbers here. Yeah, well, I mean, he's only played in. Nine games in the playoffs. He has one and seven, eight, nine, five. Save percentage three, four, five GAA total. Uh, limited action. Well, and a, a good example of that is also the Boston, Florida series. How Alex, it's Alex Lyon versus Linus Olmark. They both between them had two playoff games played before. Yeah. You know, both right. played by Olmark, who was not good in the playoffs before, had right. an excellent season. So again, it, it, it doesn't, it does go to show that you don't have to be a proven NHL goalie to still come in the playoffs and play well. But the question was, what do you do if Sam Sonov doesn't play well? Well, Tampa's figuring that out, or I'm sorry, Toronto's figuring that out right now. <laughs> um, and then uh, Boston, uh, they won game one and they lost game two. So it's tied. Uh, 
Yeah, Florida scored six tonight on yeah. Allmark. They had a big game. Um, I think, okay, so did you see the Michael Bunting hit on? Yes, I did. Cernak? Okay. Uh, what did you think about it? Because he, he got a five-minute major in a game of misconduct. Or, well, he got a five-minute match. He, he was kicked out of the game because of the five-minute major um, for an illegal check to the head of Tampa Bay's Eric Cernak. So um, Eduardo A. Encina of the Tampa Bay Times wrote, uh, Bunting left his skates on the hit and launched him his left elbow into Cernak's head when that wasn't uh, when that wasn't the case at all. <laughs> I was gonna he say what what game he, was he watching? I, I I mean it's one of those it's and this is in the paper, you know he's just supposed to. I, but I, so <laughs> I read that I'm I'll like say, I I think I'm gonna go back and look hit. at this play. I'm gonna go look at play I, this. Again. I think it's a dirty hit, but that is not at all what happened. I didn't think it was a dirty hit. I thought it was a hit that had an unfortunate result. I don't think he really went after his head. I'm not saying that he's he hasn't. I mean, Bunting's not the you know cleanest player, but because okay, so Cernak is to Bunting's left. The play is to his right. Bunting's almost looking to the right. He sees Cernak there. He goes to hit him. I don't think he was targeting his head. He got his head. I don't think he was on purpose. I don't think they're on purpose, but it was a, it was a it was a hit away from the puck. Two guys came together. I don't think Sonak was expecting it, um, but he didn't leave his feet and launch into his elbow into into, uh, into the I guy. I do think he did put his elbow into his head pretty good, and I know he, oh, he did. Maybe he did. Maybe his, it his wasn't intentional. Up. Yeah. But he fucking got him good. No, he did. And I, I do I, think you need to suspend that. No, I, I I agree with the call. I agree with all that. I just, you know, I guess when I hear dirty, I think intentional. I thought, oh, it was, he tried to hit him in the head with his elbow. I don't think that was the case. You got to be more in control of your elbow. His elbow I, did fly up. I agree, but I don't think I don't think it was just. I think it was a. I just think it was a it was an attempt to check it, and it just got away from. It. I that's my now he could have very well said, I'm gonna take a shot with my elbow. You know that may very well be what he was thinking, but I just looking at the play, I just didn't get that vibe. That's all. Yeah, um, maybe, but still, but it, I, I I agreed with it. I I don't three games. I was actually very surprised they gave in the playoffs. That's a lot, and I lot. thought that's like maybe six games one game tops. I did too. I thought was I was very surprised. So, so I was I, surprised by that, but at the same time, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I think Michael Bunning is a fucking piece of shit i'm not a fan of him at all yeah and so the league saw it differently than i did you know they, obviously you give a guy three games in the playoffs it's for something really reckless and borderline intentional right i mean it's and so maybe they thought it was that way i didn't i didn't read the write-up on on what on the, their explanation but uh i don't know a good call on the play but again i was the right call you know five minutes well, i get it and again this this is where I like replay, and I think it should be if, like you said before, if to me you either do it all the way or you don't do it at all. And I think this is a good example of how replay can be good because they originally, I think they originally were going to call him for five minutes, but they were like, "Hey, you know what? Instead of just calling it and then have, maybe having it wrong, we're going to review it." And they reviewed it. It was the well, proper amount of time. It didn't take forever. And they yeah. agree it was a five minute penalty and kicked him out. Yeah. Well, and they always review five minute majors. So right. It, and that's, that's yeah, that's good. Yeah. And and they review uh four minute 
double minors too, which it's interesting how that works because a play that, you know, I think the officials might not be sure of and what happened, they'll give a double minor to a guy just so they can go and review it. And right. then after they review it, they can take the entire thing off the board if they want. Yeah, that happened earlier this year for the Blues. They, yeah. um, I, I think it was they called it high sticking, and they were like, "Oh, it's a five minute high sticking." So that way they could review it, and it turns out it wasn't even a high stick that got the guy. So they were like, "Well, after review, even yeah. though it should have been a penalty, I think we sh- it should have been called interference or something." Even though right. it should have been a penalty, they were like, right. well, it's not actually high sticking, yeah. so we have to take it off the board. Right, because you cannot call a penalty on a replay, like a new penalty. You can only adjust the one you've called, which that's weird. I mean, yeah. if you're gonna, but no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I wish the coaches could challenge any penalty, you know, with a challenge. That's not a, that's not a hook. That's not a hold. You got it wrong. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, in a playoff game, a uh, power play and, and to give a power play goal is huge. Can be and the collusion game, and I give a, a coach a challenge on a on a penalty. Give give them one in a game, and if they get it right, they can challenge again. I don't see a problem with that. Any penalty, two minutes even. I don't know. Uh, in the Dallas and Minnesota game, the uh, Pavel, uh, Pavelski left the game after hitting his head on the ice after taking a check from game one. Yeah, in game one. Uh, from Matt Dumba, uh, deja vu for Pavelski from a few years ago uh, against San Jose when uh, Pavelski was with, uh, I'm sorry, Pavelski with with San Jose when they played Vegas. Um, No major penalty on the play, even though they gave a double minor, so they could review it. Same situation that we just talked about. Uh, And then they took the double minor off uh, away after the review. So uh, a lot of people were saying they thought this hit was late. I didn't think so. Um, I didn't have a problem with this. I didn't hit. have a problem with it at all. I didn't think it was late. I didn't think it was. It wasn't to the head. Uh, it was a hard hit that Pavelski didn't brace for and was knocked sideways and hit his head on the ice, and that's where his injury came from. Was hit, he hit his head on the ice. To me, this is just one of those situations that's just tough luck. Like, it's hockey. It's a contact sport. It will always be a contact sport, even if you take fighting and other things out of yeah. it. This was just an unfortunate play. It's just you see it just you happens. see so many comments from people about how, you know, late hit, late hit. I'm like, dude, I mean it was it was a half a second after he released the puck. Literally. It was like it was point yeah. six seconds after he released the puck. Uh that he was hit. And again, go get on ice skates, play a pickup game, and tell me that you can react that quickly. It, Pucks off the stick and you're just like, Oh, you can't hit well, him. Allowed, like that's not how and it you're works. allowed to. Uh, you, I mean, that's yeah. there's a there's a. How many times do you see a player dump in a puck and the defenseman will, will hit them and rub them out of the play like a second and a half after? You know, it's yeah. a, it's a lot. There's a lot. Of, you've already got your momentum going. You can surely you can let up a little bit, but you're still going to hit yeah. the guy. You're not going to stop all the way. Not, not every hit that results in an injury is a penalty. That's the problem people have. You know, but they they see Pavelski knocked out of the game with a with a hit to the head where his head head on the ice. It's not Dumba's fault. I mean, it was a, it was a solid hit by Dumba that Pavelski didn't brace himself for. And he got hurt. It happens. I no problem with the hit. You know what? If Lauren, if only hockey fans could be more like Lawrence here, he is full out admitting that he's wrong. And I love it. I just don't like Matt Dumba and a late hit is 0.06 seconds. 
you know what? At least you're admitting that it's just that you don't like Dumba. <laughs> Good for you, man. I wish war fans like with the Bennington shit would just be like, yeah, you can justify all you want. I just hate Bennington, and I'm going to argue with you because I hate Bennington. If people said that to me, I'd be like, okay, then we're done here. I'm good with that. I, I think the league didn't the league define like a uh, time frame, like at over it's over a second, like a second and a half. Yeah, anything under a second and a half is not late. Yeah, so something like that. Uh, and it was a, well. Anyway, this series, it was a double overtime I'm win. Loving. Double overtime win for Minnesota in game one. That was a hell of a game. Oh. So you said that you were not able, or no, I'm sorry, Bill said he did not stay it. up for it. I did not I did. stay up for it either. I was laying in bed and I could not fall asleep. <sighs> and I got the message on my phone: you know, the NHL yeah. will do that sometimes. You know, oh, this this game's going to second overtime thanks to this save from Gustafson or whatever it was. And I was like, oh my god, they're going to double overtime. All right, fuck it. Let's go watch. And so yeah. I just got up and went and watched, and I'm glad I did because that was a hell of an overtime. But Dallas has a thing about losing double overtime playoff games, don't they? They do. <laughs> and they dominated that period. Well, too. and the thing is, with Minnesota dominated the regulation, and then Dallas came back and dominated overtime, and which was kind of the exact same thing that happened in game seven of the Blues. The Blues absolutely dominated the regulation uh, in game seven against Dallas in 2019. Uh, and then Dallas came alive in overtime and had a bunch of chances. So, yeah. and this game was fantastic. A lot of great saves uh, in this yeah. overtime. So many good saves. Uh, yeah. Gustafson and Ottinger. Ottinger made a, oh, they had save? that power play. Love save, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I'll, I, they had a power play, the stars in, in double overtime. Couldn't score it right at the end. I, I don't remember who it was. The Wild broke out on a breakaway, and he made a ridiculous save to to keep it at a tie game. He was he's great. I love watching yeah. Ottinger. Play. Oh, he was the. I mean, he was fantastic in uh, Game Seven versus uh, 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 who they play. They lost last year to. Um, they a great Game Seven uh, performance by Ottinger. And he lost. <sighs> who did it? Colorado? Was it Colorado? I can't remember. Why am I? All right. All right. I'll look it up. Yeah, and, you keep and Colorado and Seattle. I just wanted to ask you if it pains you to be rooting for a Grubauer. <laughs> yeah, it actually does. I, uh, I, I, I'll admit last night I was sitting there watching the game and I was like, all right, yeah, go Seattle. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, done Schwartz, sure. Even though I was never a big fan of yours, but hey, you're a former blue and you won the cup here. And then I don't know, they made the call on the Grubauer save, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize he was in. I'm like, damn it, I got to root for Grubauer. <laughs> it was a uh, game seven against the Flames last season, and it was a Flames. 64 That's saves right. in a three to two overtime loss. He made 60. Yeah, and we four saves. We got. We got Justin yeah, Scott and uh, and Lawrence Frazier telling there us Calgary. I, so thank you. For I should have looked in the chat. I was looking up a line. But I should have too. I was the chat had it off screen, looking trying to look it the up. Chat had it. <laughs> they always do. Thanks, boys. We always got our backs. Thanks, boys. Um, yeah. So in Colorado, Seattle, you know, uh, Seattle came alive tonight. Holy cow! Yeah. I mean, that was uh, or was it tonight? Last night. That was last last night. night. Sorry, last night. Yep, and they won three to one. Um, yep. So they leave the series one nothing. Uh, oh, how amazing would it be for Colorado to lose to Seattle 
in the first round. Well, and that is the one series that I have not heard anybody give any chance to the lower seed. Like we hear even like LA and Edmonton. Well, LA can do this and that and blah, blah, blah. Like any Florida, Boston. I've even heard people say, you know, even though Boston had that historic season, people saying Florida's a damn good hockey team. They better watch out. Anyone that I've heard talk about Colorado, Seattle, Colorado is going to breeze through that series. Well, they ain't doing it yet. They're down one nothing, and I love it. And Florida did win tonight. They beat Boston six to three, so they stole home ice advantage from Boston. But stealing home ice only uh, is relevant if you maintain it. You can't go back and yep. lose a home game now. Otherwise, you lose it. You get, they've stolen it back. Oh, how awesome would it be if Seattle took both games out of Colorado? Oh my god. Oh my god. That'd not be amazing. There, there's got to be a lot of pressure on Colorado right now. <laughs> you yeah. can't lose game two. Otherwise, the nope. made you can only that means you only lose one game in the final rest of the way. So whew. funny how it, how it works after one game. All of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Seven game series. Yeah, but one game losing it. It's it's that home loss. You know, if you're on the road and you lose game one, it's not a huge deal. You've got game two yet. Even if you lose game two, not a big deal. Win your home games and then steal one in their building the final two. That's what you got to do. Uh, but yep. man, if you're the home team and you lose your the first home game, you're like, well, oh shit! You you lose you basically lose home ice advantage if you split after the first right. two games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So the fact that you lost game one and now there's potential you can go down two zero. Oh, look out! That's crazy. Yeah. I think they said the team that wins the first two games of a series wins like over eighty percent of the time. Uh, I'm sure, it's like that. But yeah. I'd like to see what it is when the away team wins the first two games in the away in, you know, on the road in a series. It's got to be massively high. What, oh, yeah. But and what happened to the Blues against LA and against Chicago in a few year span? They won the first two games and then lo- on the road and then lost the series. Yep. Wait, that was yeah in Chicago. L.A. L.A. was at home. L.A. was at home. Okay. Chicago was on the road, and that one really hurt. Yeah, it did. <laughs> you, uh, Justin Scott says, "Hey, Blues to make the playoffs, but at least that douche cadre isn't in there either." That's a good point. That's yeah, a good point. Fucking a. Fuck you, cadre. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're. We're at 2:40 for this show. I think we're ready to we're, wrap. We're, up. I'm done. I'm out. Of, I'm out of things to talk about. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, well, again, a great season. We're actually closing up season 11 here and starting season 12 next week. So, looking forward to that. Uh, again, summer series, folks. So, for those that love to listen live, um, we're not going to be doing every show live. Like I said, we'll have a couple for sure, and, and we'll keep you posted on social media. But when we have episodes that will still be posted on Wednesdays at our normal time, Kurt doesn't like that I post them at 9.15, so maybe I'll post them at 9.16. I don't like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yelled at me last Did year. <laughs> Promptly at 9.15, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not recording anything. I'm just posting It's it. our thing to, to show up late. <laughs> it's your thing to show up you, late. When's the last time you had 9.15 show? <laughs> You're like 9.20. Uh, yeah. I think the last time Bill and I started was about nine seventeen. Late, we got started. That's late. 
<laughs> but either way, uh, so yeah, we'll still be, Kurt will be in throughout the summer, Bill as well, um, as well as some other very special guests that will be jumping on. So uh, yeah, we'll be having a show next week. Vanessa Graff will be on. We'll be talking Springfield Thunderbirds. Uh, again, that show will post live Wednesday next week at 9.15, and the podcast will be available shortly after. So, And again, if you uh, want to watch at 9.15 on Wednesday night, again, that's Central Daylight Time, I'm in the chat. I'll be in there talking with people, so you can still have your normal chat time as you do with these uh, other Blues fans. And also uh, our Discord server, I think we're going to make an effort to uh, uh, be in there for some during some playoff games, just to chat about the, the games that are going on um, in, in Discord. Uh, that'll be fun. And also, and I forgot to mention on, earlier in the show when I should have, uh, I'm going to be on the air tomorrow morning at 8.30 with Randy Molman on 97.1 uh, for probably 15, 20 minutes or so. Uh, re- I think it's hilarious that you're pitching this now to the crowd that is up with us at I know. 12.20. I completely <laughs> forgot to start the show uh, putting the announcements. Uh, so, yeah, in eight hours, uh, a little over eight hours, I'll be, I'll be on the air with him. So that'll be that'll be fun talking blues hockey, recapping the season. Uh, always fun to be on his show. Well, that is very exciting and very cool because the fact that we're still talking about playoff hockey, end of blues season, and you're jumping on the radio in St. Louis to talk about hockey—that's fantastic. Yeah. So good for the mole man. Yeah, mole man's he's a, he's a good guy. He's good. He does. He's a, he's a hard worker. Yep. One of the hardest working uh, men in uh, sports talk radio in St. Louis. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I'll take it. All right. Uh, and and uh, I'll add to this. I actually haven't told you this yet. Um, in July, I will be co-hosting the Puck Podcast with Eddie Garcia. Ah, but the whole so month? That'll be fun. Uh, no, I think it'll just be either the 7th or the 14th. But okay. okay. Yeah, very exciting. Cool. So tune into that episode. I'm sure I'll, I'll work in plenty of blues talk for y'all. Okay. <laughs> Sounds perfect. <laughs> All right, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockandthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockandthatidlife.com and get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockandthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Mike Burgoyne from Real Brokers Realty. Visit strikewithmike.com today for all of your home buying and selling needs. That's strikewithmike.com and by Center Ice Brewery. St. Louis's tasty hockey team beer. Check out your local beer vendors for availability. That's Centerized Brewery Beer. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up episode 33 of season 11 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go, Blues Radio. Uh, thanks for listening and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go, Blues. Let's go Dallas Stars, let's go Tampa Bay Lightning, and let's go Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanosport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues.
boobs are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.